Blog Talk Radio. This show is dedicated to my mother and father. From beginning to end, we'll always love you. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports, news, and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone could ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all, NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. Now, it's time. Here's Sonny Clark. Oh, good morning, yo, 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 everybody, welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as we are here on our weekly tradition that is the Couch Potato Sports Show, and that being said, in our 10th year, our 24th episode Guys, lots of things going on because we are talking AFC, NFC West as we complete the four sections of the country in the NFL, in the AFC, NFC side. That having been said, guess what we're getting close to? My locals. Yes, my locals in the Rowlett Garland area. Rowlett Eagles varsity football is beginning to sizzle, baby. It's a sizzle time. So get ready for that for all my people and all my locals here. It's a fantastic thing going on, guys. Also, you want to be a part of it? We got three new sponsors that will get their commercials up. Just uh, got them all set and ready to go. I'm excited about that. And so much so, <laughs> all right, I don't get influenced a lot, okay? If you, if you listen to this show, you go, wow, this, this Sonny Clark, he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't really hold the tongue sometimes. Um, and uh, so I have made a deal, and I did this myself. I didn't, no one asked me to change anything. So I, we have a new sponsor on our show, Landon Hugh, um, and 19 Ministries joins us. Not that we were overly crazy, but we'll be getting a lot of listens through the ministries, the 19 ministries that are located right here in the Rowlett area. Make sure you check them out over there. It is uh, the uh, www.uniterowlett.org. Um, you can check that out or the Facebook. Um, you can check out 19 Ministries on the Facebook. So check that out um and also being a part of what we do here um the uh it's going to be a good so we're going to we're working on their commercials also uh new sponsors up on the show looking forward to having uh, a new realtor up on the show just to let everybody know jeremy morgan um he is with keller williams he's going to be joining us uh, as the sponsor starting uh here real soon um and because uh, we're working on his commercials as well uh to get things going uh for that also for uh, a couple other new sponsors on our um um, side of nonprofit as well, Life Messages and Chris uh, Bunkoff um, and his new uh, store. It's a nutrition store with uh, lots of shakes and stuff. I'm going to go be checking those out here real soon to get a taste of some of those things. So, 
some new sponsors heading in. We're going to bring back some of our old ones. So uh, bear with us as we are working with the commercials. We're going to get them set and get them starting to play uh, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. So a lot of stuff coming. Waiting for Cuervo to give us a call. Now, just to let everybody know, I was wrong about my um, uh, revelation. I said it was the NFC West. I'm sorry, guys. My brain wasn't thinking. I have some. I have a revelation on the AFC West side. So um, we will be giving that into the second half of the show. Remember, we've got a three-hour block here. So we'll be giving to them in the second half of the show. That's the AFC West. So keep ready because it, it, you want to talk about an interesting division of football. That is what you get in the AFC West. I, and we talked about it last week. There are some divisions of football where you go, holy smoke, we have got a tough deal going on. Um, now, there were some moves that were made in the NFL. We're going to be talking about those as well. Um, but let's do this really quick. Let's go to some of the news until we do get Cuervo in here uh, within the NFL. Bobby Wagner getting the big contract is a big story, guys. And I say this because the Legion of Bungholes, I mean, the Legion of Doom is no longer in Seattle, and they basically have, you know, set their defense up and said who's going to be their leader. And Bobby Wagner, if you listen to this show at all, you know there's some mad love. I'm not a Seattle Seahawks fan until last year. Until the Legion of Boom went away Because I don't like that kind of game And I don't like that type of personality When you talk football Because I don't find it extremely successful Now whether or not something is successful Is really, really relative To what you believe And what you see And how you see it And I will say just straight out We've got a lot of things that was going to be, oh, fashionably late, Cuervo, fashionably late. He already went and got the high and tight, so I don't know uh, what's going on with that. But back to Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner, though, solidifies this defense for Seattle. We're going to be talking about the, a the NFC West and things like that. Uh, also, Cuervo is going to give us an update on what we did last year as far as our picks when he gets a kid. But back to Bobby Wagner, solidifies that defense. And I have a different opinion about the Seattle Seahawks anymore today. And it's mainly because they are, I think, me personally, are a more balanced football team. A more balanced football team makes you that much better. And that's where I look at Seattle. Remember, Seattle was making a run for the playoffs last year. And uh, I can't remember if they made it. I know they were. They were either playing for a playoff spot in the game and lost the game, or they were playing in the playoff spot uh, game and lost it. But really happy to see what happened with the Seattle Seahawks. Cheers to y'all. So, Bobby Wagner getting signed. Big story in the NFL. So much so, it's hardly getting any coverage. And I like that. Tyreek Hill. All right, no suspension, he's back. Briefly talked about it last week. It is a big portion of what's going to be happening for the Kansas City Chiefs this year. 
course, we'll be talking about in that in the second half of the show. Also, a bad injury for my prediction for the AFC North. Hopefully, this is not a high ankle sprain because high ankle sprains hang around from six to eight weeks. A.J. Green of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Cincinnati's going to have a good game, good good year this year. Now, that having been said, did you hear what Max Kellerman said about Odell Beckham Jr.? If you listen to it, get time to go back to watch it because Max Kellerman was sneaking around in our archives. I said this a couple weeks ago. And I was so, 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 not, so Max Kellerman says it. Is there something there? I don't know. So watch out for that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a great big fan of Odell Beckham Jr. in Cleveland. I think he, he, he's in a situation where he can definitely, definitely ruin chemistry of a team that was up and coming. But with the fact that they have a head coach in kitchens there, that's a combo, a combo one-two combo that I don't feel very good about. Rookie head coach Odell Beckham Jr. and his attitude and what he's all about. Coming up against an up-and-comer as far as the quarterback is uh, concerned, right there in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. So look out for this. This one's going to be huge. By the way, let me just beep, 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 back up a little bit here on the Tyreek Hill. If you know anything about this show, you know that I don't like when we're talking the NFL. Guys that have to have the attention on them, whether good, bad, or indifferent, the attention is on them, and it kills football teams, and we've seen it. Right now in Dallas, they got a Zeke problem, so the attention is on Zeke, not the Dallas Cowboys. Big, bad problem. In Carolina, Cam Newton can't decide whether or not what how he's going to play his game, but you, you will never see him wear the same thing going to the stadium and out of the stadium at any given time. Attention grabbers. There's an attention grabber in the AFC West that we're going to talk about, which will be a doom for them. We'll talk about them. But when you've got your eyes on you for the wrong reason and Tyreek Hill – I want to know, and no one has ever answered this to me, but we'll talk about it. What does it take to have a Tyreek Hill not on your football team, really? Can we talk seriously? I I don't know, but I'm going to tell you right now, having a Tyreek Hill on my football team wouldn't be happening. And it it, it really bothers me. Thanks, Joan. What do you got to do? I don't know. I, all, all I know is the Kansas City Chiefs are turning into a different type of football team when they got some superstar potential with great. And I'm not talking just good, but they've got some great PR going on over there. Patrick Mahomes, great to talk about. 
seriously. I mean, if you're going to talk about a guy, who gets more positive uh, talk about in reality than Patrick Mahomes? I mean, let's. Let, I mean, let, looking at what he did last year, we'll talk about that. I'm not going to go to it, but I'll talk about those numbers when we come back. But, you know, and I get it. We'll talk about it. I don't want to get into much because it's going to break down into, and I don't want to, we're, we're not starting on them. But Cuervo being late, bad day to be late, especially when we're talking AFC and NFC West, and I want to get at it now because I'm chomping at the bit. But, you know, it is what it is. Now, that having been said, uh, just to let everybody know, Kyler Murray supposedly turning heads. We'll talk about that in the NFC uh, West when we get Cuervo here. So um, look out for that. Golden Tate has been suspended for four games using drugs prescribed for fertility planning. That hurt the big-time New York Giant wide receiver. They don't need any problem then. Eagles also, though, they signed Orlando Scandrick. Those people right here in the Dallas area know who I'm talking about. Spent last year with Kansas City Chiefs after nine years here in Dallas. He started uh, he started seven games last year and 50 in the last four seasons with the Cowboys. Lions release running back. This one is a huge one coming out of there. Matt Patricia announced the move Saturday that they go ahead after six seasons, they release their running back, but not the one that you might think, but I think having having a guy in the backfield as a backup is huge. But Theo Riddick is gone. I think that is a mistake for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, and I don't know. I don't know if they're looking at the numbers or how that whole thing is going down. I think that's a bad thing for them. Of course, they got that new superstar up there at the running back position, but you always need that backup. You know, we talked about A.J. Green going down. That one's huge. Sonny Michael, who had minor arthroscopic knee surgery this past offseason, was taken off the pup list on Saturday as the defending champion New England Patriots hit camp. Now, Cam Newton doesn't show up the first day of practices in the training camp, but it was set and ready to go as he was planning to have that day off, but don't expect to see a lot of Cam Newton in camp after the um, surgery that he went through in the off season on his throwing shoulder. So he was held out on the drills and everything else. So watch out for that. Marcus Mariota of the Titans. He sat down with the new offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, to talk about what the Titans want and the quarterback, says and feels that being a freelance 
offensive quarterback has to happen. In other words, Mariota wants to be part of the play calling, and he wants to have that uh, authority to do it when he feels that he should. That's what that means. And if anybody thinks any different, they're not listening. So, with he's got a new coach and he kind of knows what this team can do. He's, say, he's saying, I get what you're saying and I respect your position, but have a little respect for mine. And then we'll find out whether or not that's going to happen in Tennessee. Calvin Ridley missed practice and for the, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons with a sore hamstring. And let me tell you something, guys. I played through a hamstring injury, guys. It's not easy. You can do it, but you're at 80, sometimes 75% of what you possibly can do. Indianapolis Colt linebacker Bobby Acree defended himself on Saturday against the sexual assault accusation from 2015. The Colts don't need it. They need to try to get that thing put on the shelf and be done. Because if they don't, it will leak into the season. Mike Daniels signs a one-year contract for $9.1 million with the Lions. And if you know who he is, you know, think about it. From the Green Bay Packers, after they released him, we knew he was going to get signed, guys. And the Lions shore up that offensive to help Matthew Stafford be able to deliver the ball and maybe get maybe a half second more. And, guys, the value of a half second or one second in that pocket, huge. Huge. So. We talked about Bobby Wagner, huge number. By the way, Houston Texans' DeAndre Hopkins has been taken off the pup list as well so they can have him ready for a win. By the way, just to let you know, there's a certain time that you've got to be off the pup list so where you're not available for the first six games of the season. They didn't want to even chance it. They took him off immediately. Garoppolo, he's cleared to start for the 49ers. We'll talk about that. That's big news there. Giants. Wide receiver, just months after trading Odell Beckham Jr., are hit with injuries at the wide receiver position. And, guys, I saw the guy up close and personal, love the guy, but guess what? A big loss at the wide receiver for the Giants as Coleman tears his ACL. He's out for the year. And those that don't know about Corey Coleman – Coming out, Baylor, I got to see him up close and personal when I was hosting the ESPN um, Player Skill Challenge that was down here uh, a couple years back. So that one's a big, big deal right there because that was a weapon. Also for the Giants, Darius Slayton, the fifth-round draft pick out of Auburn, missed his second straight practice with a hammy injury. Guys, get rid of it. Just – you got that kind of injury or high ankle sprain, they need to make sure that they are getting the therapy they need and keep them off the field where they can have a situation where it's brought back up in pain and, and injuries. They cannot 
and board it, especially the Giants as bad as they are. So watch out for that. So all the things that are going on and the things that we are going to be talking about here as far as the AFC and NFC West, we have to kick it off as our fashionably late co-host is not here, but I'm not going to wait for him. Uh, But when he gets back, we will talk about uh, what is going on. When we come back, we'll take a look at last year's 2018 uh, standings in the AFC and NFC West. We'll talk and start talking about the first teams in the NFC West when we come back on break. You're listening to the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, our Sunday morning tradition continues on in our 10th season. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. and take it for a ride, check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. 
Paso Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at CosoInsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement failed to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. NFC West. And guys, I'm going to tell you, it was an interesting division of football last year. As you had two teams that played well, you had two teams that didn't. Will any of that change? Will the outcome of the division be the same? As we looked at last year, starting at the bottom, it was the Arizona Cardinals. They were 3-13 and pathetic. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. In third place was the 49ers. They were 4-12 and on the season. By the way, Arizona Cardinals finished on a four-game losing streak. Pathetic. And if you want to know some of the reasons why there were changes, that right there is an indicator. Again, 49ers 4-12, and then lose Jimmy Garoppolo week number three last year, affects the whole season. And there are different ideas or different thinking about 
where the 49ers can be. We'll talk about that. Former Rowlett Eagles varsity football player and wide receiver on that team. We'll talk about him. And in Seattle, we're 10 and 6. They were in second place within the division, and the Rams 13 and 3, the class of the division. And I say the class of the division because Seattle Seahawks in the last four games were uh, 3 and 1. So. They made a play for the playoffs um, and did a very good job. So they did make the playoffs. Just let everybody know that was the reason why. So that was the standings of the NFC West last year at that time. Now, when we do the breakdown shows, I usually jump a lot into the teams. I really do. And Cuervo will be the first to tell you the testimony. There's two teams that I did no investigations on this year. Didn't even hardly take the time uh, to really look at them. One were the New England Patriots. Well, they're the class of the NFL. And we already know where they're going to be on the AFC East side of things. Because when you think Jets, Bills, and Dolphins, none of them come close to the pedigree of what the Patriots are. On the flip side of that, you have the Arizona Cardinals taking a 20-year step back. Yeah, I said it. 20 years back. Because we could talk about all the things that they have done so well in the last 10 years. Take away last year, because let's just be honest, that, that stunk. That was bad. But the six to seven years before that, you saw a team that was up and coming and being able to vie because of their coaching staff without question. We'll talk about all that. But you talk about the Arizona Cardinals, who I have set in fourth place within this division. I'm not seeing anything different. But I'm seeing a lot different. What do you mean by that, Sonny? You see a lot different, but you don't see a lot. No, I don't see a lot of difference when it comes down to the final analysis of what you're going to see from the Cardinals as far as a end-of-the-year record. Now, they might win one, maybe two more games within the season, um, making them a little bit better than where they were last year at 3-13. and 13. Heck, maybe they'll win five. Maybe they'll go 5-11 and 11 or 6-10. and 10. But I have no trust in the Arizona Cardinals and what they are doing um, because of all the changes, it just reminds me of panic time. You go out and get Kyler Murray, but yet you, you drafted a first-round draft pick uh, quarterback that's over now in Miami and b- because you brought in a different coach and it didn't quote-unquote fit the style. Well, hold on. You have a franchise-type quarterback. Why aren't you drafting or getting a coach that can get to that guy's number one instead of wasting another number one pick in your first round on a quarterback? So I question the thinking of bringing in the head coach. We'll talk about him in a second. I question Kyler Murray. We've talked about it on this show. Now, I'm not going to say the guy's not going to have any success. I'm not going to say that. 
I'm not, but I'm not going to put him in the Cam Newton area, which, by the way, I think Cam Newton is the, one of the biggest disappointments in the NFL. And I'm not just saying that to rib Tarvin, but out of all the years that we sat back and we watched a Cam Newton, we were expecting glory from him, and we haven't gotten it except for one year. He's been average at best. Now, there are lots of reasons why that he's been average at best, but he has been. But I don't see anything different in Kyler Murray. I don't see a quarter, a prototypical type quarterback in Arizona. And out of all the teams in the NFL to shake up everything that they normally do on the offensive side of the ball, the Arizona Cardinals can't be that team to make that drastic move to change the whole dynamic of your offense. The whole dynamic of your offense, if you're the Arizona Cardinals, is obviously starting at your quarterback position. That's number one. That's one of the problems that the Arizona Cardinals have right now with Kyler Murray starting at the quarterback position. Another problem, which I never thought I'd ever say, is really simple. Larry Fitzgerald. I love Larry Fitzgerald. I love what Larry Fitzgerald stands for. So much so that when we thought he should take a flight and head out over to New England, he hadn't done it. Stayed right here with this football team that has shown that they know how to underachieve better than any team in the NFL. But yet, there's Larry Fitzgerald. Now, I think he can be a liability. You can cover Larry Fitzgerald one-on-one now. So the personnel isn't getting much better, especially for the quarterback, because you talk about the things that he's going to need in order to be who he's going to be. Well, we talk wide receiver, Chad Williams. Back up, Hakeem Butler. Kevin White. You know, there's nobody. The tight end position, Ricky Seals-Jones, Max Williams, Daryl Denton. Guys, this is an offense that is ready to fall apart on you. And you want to talk before you even get – I don't care what kind of noise that you're hearing coming into the training camps and how great that they're having great first three days. Everybody does. But, man. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, you're looking at. Now, I will give the Cardinals a little credit where credit may not be due, but I think they got a really good halfway decent offensive line, and that will help Kyler Murray. No, Now, I say halfway decent. I'm not saying anything to write home mama about, but it's better than some of the offensive lines, and that's where it's got to start if you're going to protect Kyler Murray. But what type of protection is he going to need? The run and gun? Is he going to be that stable quarterback that's going to stand up like a statue in the back of the uh, backfield and be that prototypical you know, pocket passer? Probably not. They got some young athletes on this offensive line that's going to help them. I'll give them that. On the other side, you got Patrick Peterson. Name anybody else besides Terrell Suggs. Thank you. And that right there tells me a lot. Now, Terrell Suggs, hey, super bad guy. He is a badass, okay? But guess what? He's also that many years old. 
but going back for one more year in glory right there at Arizona State. It's the only reason why he went back there. I don't know. Maybe you know, they, they offered him the money. Heck, I'll, you know, maybe you should go play. And that's what he did. So the Arizona Cardinals don't impress me at all. There is nothing that stands out to where I actually wrote anything down on paper about them. I have three pieces of paper for the NFC West and nothing on nothing at all on the Arizona Cardinals. Because this is what this team is. Now, I may be completely wrong, and I know I got some Arizona Cardinal fans listening to this show, but guys, this is going to be a long season. It's going to be a long season. Not only that, you got six games within your division you could very easily go 0-6 on. And that is the way I looked at the Arizona Cardinals this year, is how would they do within their division? I'm sorry, guys. I have them going 0-6 in the division. They're not going to beat the Rams. They're not going to beat the Seattle Seahawks. And they're going to be in a dogfight with the 49ers. And I don't think they're going to get any of those unless something happens within what they are doing as a team that will make them stand up and say, oh, yeah, you got to take notice of this. But the Arizona Cardinals have never been that team. Don't have anything to stand up to it. Okay, so you talked about everything that I just got done talking about, and then I went to the schedule. A halfway decent football team should be able to manage this schedule. They're not going to. They have week number one, Detroit. Week number two, Baltimore. Week number three, Carolina. Week number four, Seattle is their first real test. So the first four weeks, or first three weeks, they have winnable games, but you don't see them winning those games. Cincinnati should, could, maybe should be able to win. Atlanta should be New York Giants, yeah. And then they get another straight loss right there with New Orleans, and then the dog fight with San Francisco in week number nine. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that should be a win. And then back with San Francisco. This team is going to win two games within the first 11 weeks of the season. They might skip one out. They're going to be 2-9 and nine going into the bye. And you can say bye-bye to the Arizona Cardinals by week number three after they go 0-3 before they hit Seattle and they're 0-4. And then they'll be talking about was Kyler Murray. I'm looking forward to the season and listening to what people are going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals or what they won't be talking about, which is victories. So that's where I had it set. That's where I got the Arizona Cardinals in this division. I don't see them doing very much at all. And that was huge. So I got them last in this division. Again, they finished at 3-13. and I don't expect much better than that. If they do, it's five or six games. And that's not going to get squat. There'll be useless games at the end of the season that they'll end up with. That takes me to the team that will end up in third place within this division. Guys, this one's a tough one. Because last year I had San Francisco. If I didn't have them actually winning this division, I had them right there in second. I think I had them winning the division because I got me some Jimmy Garoppolo love. 
I got me some Jimmy Garoppolo love because of who he played behind and le- they hopefully learned from. Week number three was a big-time uh, downfall for that pick. But right there with my local, Marquise Goodwin, former Rowlett Eagles varsity football player right here in Rowlett, was loving this. But unfortunately, after week number three, we, we saw the debacle that is the backup quarterback position that is in, in uh, San Francisco. And you can say whatever you want, but if you don't have a backup quarterback within your team, uh, you're in a lot of trouble. And everybody knows it. You can sit there and try to deny it all day long. But the simple fact of the matter is, is if you don't have a backup quarterback in this league and you lose your quarterback early, just go ahead and start selling your tickets on NFL.com because it's not going to get there for you. Jimmy Garoppolo's backup guy, I want you to listen to this, okay, is Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard. Guys, if you're a 49er fan, get on the phone, get a hold of the GM, say do something about the backup quarterback position. Because, guys, I don't want to say it and I don't want to see it, but Jimmy Garoppolo, unfortunately, I have a feeling is not going to be ready to go. He's not going to be 100%. He's going to be more cautious. And what happens with quarterbacks, if they get more cautious, they tend to make a mistake and then they tend to get hurt more. And I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo could learn anything from Tom Brady since they went 13 or mark that. They went 11 and 5 in the year they lost Tom Brady to make the playoffs with their with their backup quarterback. That's what this football team needs and they don't have it. CJ Beathard sucks. Period. End of story. There's nothing. Okay. He he can come up with a good game here every once in a while, but you can't hang your hat on it. Most important position besides the quarterback is either A, the offensive line, or B, the backup quarterback, period. And they don't have it. And you have a guy that's coming off an injury, the San Francisco 49ers dropped the ball on getting a backup quarterback. And I'll even say it, a Blake Bortles that could have been available could have been on this football team, and Blake Bortles is a career backup quarterback, which is what he should have been instead of the starter for many years down in Jacksonville. Uh, now, they, they they get Nick Bosa, wonderful. Their defense, I, I'm telling you right now, this is a good defense. But the problem is they're going to have to score some points. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. This was one of the tough ones because it was a matter of me putting one other team there and in third place and moving these guys up. And I even have some people out there saying that the San Francisco 49ers are going to end up in second place within this division. And I'm not seeing it. But that comes probably from Jimmy Garoppolo Love. And let me tell you something. Jimmy Garoppolo Love isn't going to get you anywhere. And the thing that I posted on my Facebook page, when you go over there and you look at the NFC West, we got them at 10 and 6. They think they're going to win this division. And that's the USA Today. And I want to know what, that, what they're smoking. Because I don't see this on any side of the football for the 49ers. 49ers are in a lot of trouble, and don't let anybody tell you any differently. They have the Cardinals at 3-13. and 13. Sounds about right. I'll give them a couple more games. But 10-6? and six? And they got the Rams at 9-7 and seven and Seattle 9-7. and seven. 
Listen, they'll get the two game from the Cardinals. Let's just say they get those. Let's just say they split the games with the Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. So you're saying that out of the rest of their schedule, the rest of their schedule, you're only you're expecting only four more losses? Come on. Guys, you got to wake up. I mean, when you looked at this, how could you look at this whole thing? So with the USA Today saying that the 49ers are going to go 10-6 and six and win this division, it's exactly what it is. It's the most unbelievable, irresponsible thing I've read regarding this, and I, and I didn't say anything. So when you ask Sonny, Sonny, do you think the 49ers are going to win I this division? I don't think so, Tim. Absolutely not. In fact, if you take a look at this football team, there's only one thing you can say about the 49ers. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knuckleheaded terrible. Crazy knuckleheaded terrible. Now, I hope I'm wrong because I do love me some Jimmy G. But there's two other teams that we have talked of, I haven't talked about within this division that can beat them and beat them badly. And no disrespect to Marquise Goodwin. He's the fastest guy out on the football field in the NFL. I hope you get your million dollars they promised you for winning that race that you won. But I'm telling you right now, you can have the speed all the world in San Francisco when Marquise Goodwin. But I'm going to tell you right now, they better figure out a way to get the ball delivered besides to Marquise Goodwin. And that alone should tell you about what's going on with that football team. They got Marquise Goodwin as a uh, as a backup to Dante Pettis. Listen, when you got a speedster, he's your number one. Jordan Matthews, Dante Pettis, Jalen Hurd. Have you any heard of these guys? Maxwell McCaffrey, Kendrick uh, Bourne. Malik Henry, I only know because he was a rookie. And Sean Poindexter probably won't even make the team. So there's nobody to throw the football to. Even their tight ends are pathetic. George Kittle, Levine Tolioli, whatever the heck it is. Come on, come on. Come on. Got to have names that you recognize. And unfortunately right now. Now, is Jimmy, getting Jimmy Garoppolo, Marquise Goodwin, and getting some other hey, – listen, I love Debo Samuel, but, I mean, guys are going to be – he's a rook. Guys can't – and I looked at the offensive line. It's okay. It's not great. It's not okay. But you've you got to protect a quarterback that gets hurt. But USA Today, just pass over whatever you're talking. I'll take a hit off it, man. Good Lord. How you can think for one second – that the 49ers can win this division, you're just not watching football. That doesn't mean that there's not problems with the top two teams within this league, and that's what's coming up. The top two teams in this league have got problems, and we are going to test it. We're going to check it out. So, what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to see if we can get Cuervo back in here. we got five-minute breaks. I'm going to need some more coffee. 
But I'll tell you, the top two teams that are going out there, who's going to be on the top? We're talking a, uh, NFC West, Arizona last, 49ers in third. That leaves only two more teams. Who do you think is going to be there? We'll talk about that on the other side here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggies Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunday Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors, plus two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. 
He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation, restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles that you know about perfection body sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show. We are talking the NFC West, and we are at the meat of the bone, guys. This is where you take that, take that fork, put it in the meat, and you, you start carving around the bone. Because if there is going to be two teams to make the playoffs like last year, these are the two teams that is, that can do it. Now. I don't have a lot to say about the L.A. Rams except a lot. And that a lot means a lot of change, a lot of different ideas, a lot of different things. So let's start with the team that I think is going to end up second in this division. And it's not a disrespect thing, and it's not because of a situation that – you could possibly see the Rams falling into. Okay, what can be very easy for the Rams to fall into is a Super Bowl hangover um, that they shouldn't have been there in the first place. Right? Seriously. Because, you know, we can look at that and ask ourselves that question. Rightfully so, wrongfully so, I don't know. But the Rams won this division last year fairly easy. Only by two games. Probably should have been three, maybe four, but Seattle woke up towards the end of the season and made themselves, you know, somewhat viable. When you go into this year, there's a lot of things about the Rams that I don't feel comfortable with. And one of them is to start the year off with a guy that got his money, and listen, we don't know, and I'll never know the answer to this, so the only thing I can go is by sunny intuition, okay? Sunny intuition tells me that after one guy got a paycheck, that his whole demeanor about the game of football changed. And I'm talking about the running back position. I'm talking about Todd Gurley. Now, we can sit here and argue all day long, 
whether or not Todd Gurley should have got the money, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to even get into that portion of it because it's irrelevant, because it's already done. But Todd Gurley not being able to get, you know, any kind of production on the football field is amazing. $45 million guaranteed. They didn't even have to address this guy. And the Rams right now opened up a checkbook that they had no damn business doing at that time to keep Todd Gurley happy. Well, guess what? You just gave him $45 million. His um, want really comes to second, uh, wanting to win or being out there or production to win the game goes away. I think you become more injury prone. And there's a lot of things down with that. So let's take a look at that as far as the Rams are concerned with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley signed a four-year, $57 million contract. It included, guys, get this. This is crazy, crazy stuff. $21 million of a signing bonus. Twenty-one million and forty-five guaranteed. So the number's incorrect. Twenty-one million before he even hit the field, guys. This happened July twenty-fourth, about exactly one year ago, when it came out of nowhere. Oh, we want to keep this guy happy. Hey, listen, I understand it. It makes sense. Look at Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is not a not a slouch, but after he got the first check for twenty one million, that was cut and given to him. Hey, thank you. And guess what? You still got twenty four million, you know, coming your way in guaranteed money. Guy is is loaded. It's an average salary of fourteen million dollars at a position. That, let's be honest, has changed. It has had a metamorphosis over the years to where they are grabbing up guys off the street doing just as good. So it does make sense that you grab up a guy that has production. It makes sense, and I completely understand it. Because when you look at it, I got to like it. Because the numbers, let's see, I had the numbers. I wrote them down. Or did I? Here it is. No, that's McVay. Here it is. Here we go. 21 touchdowns in 2018, 130 yards per game. Those are number one wide, uh, running back numbers. You love having those. And, and you got and you got to expect to pay for that. But to that extent, I think the signing of the contract made him more apt to get hurt or more apt not to work at trying to get back. And, guys, that was, I think, I don't know if it was proven, but in my mind it was proven because I don't necessarily know what the guy did, the trainer or anything, but, guys, we're talking about the injury that most guys are back out on the football field saying, yeah, let's play some football. Not only that, in this year, this guy's going to count towards $34 million towards your cap hit. So, 
you can't you, you look at this and uh, yeah, but you made him happy. But you, you better hope that this guy wants to play football anymore. You better hope that this guy can put up with. Now, I don't know if they can put any kind of block on the contract, you know, saying, hey, you've got to play this even with the guaranteed money. I don't know those rules. I'm not going to claim that I do. But Todd Gurley could be a liability if he's not ready. Now, everything that you'll hear from the media that he looks good and all the talk, oh, he's great and everything else. But listen, when you when you just handed somebody a $21 million check at the beginning of last year, and you're going to hand him a check this year for $9 million, $9.2 million. In reality, this contract is huge. So, you know, I, I don't know. Big cap hit is one. Now, Looking at the Rams, they got some other good things going for them, though. And this is the reason why I looked at it. I want to start with the front office because there was a guy up there named Les Nietzsche that could have been on his way out the door. Okay? But he managed somehow to do what he needed to do to stay in business there without losing his job. Remember, this is the guy that got golf got Darnold, and got Gurley. Now, that's a nice one, two, three hit, and that will that will save your job. That will get you the contract extension, by the way. Both got McVay, got the extension, so did Les Snead. And talking about McVay, listen, 20, this, this is not a joke. When you're averaging 12 and 4 in the season, you get an extension, and that's exactly what McVay has done for the Rams he is 24 and 8. He's 2 and 2 in the playoff, and he is the youngest head coach in the Super Bowl. Now, he got completely outclassed in the Super Bowl, which tells you there's a lot more for him to learn. But look, he got him there. Regardless of how it happened, I don't even want to hear about the this, this Saints thing. I don't even want to hear because I don't care. Because the reality of the sense is that the Rams were there. So I love that. Also, the Rams possibly, and you could talk about blocking tight ends. They are very, very valuable commodity to have on your football team. But when you got one that's on the wide receiver side, it just goes to show that divas don't always get the attention. Robert Wood, super badass at the wide receiver position. Super badass. Now, I'm not even. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not even exaggerating about how good that guy is. If you get an opportunity, go put in Robert Wood blocking wide receiver, and that guy will give you highlight reels on how to block from the wide receiver position. It's pretty pretty magnificent if you think about it. So you've got this guy at the wide receiver position that is probably – and you say whatever you want about football players. If you can be one of these guys that are unselfish, Robert Woods is that guy. They also get Cooper Cup back. That's a huge uh, gain for them back. They really needed to get Cooper Cup back. So he comes back up off an of injury, so you got to like that. Then Brandon Cooks. So you got – 
Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. The, you know, you want to talk about a one, two, three, one combination. What I mean by that is add a, add a tight end onto that because th- this football team, Tyler Higby, Tyler Higby. Even though if you look on the depth chart, you're not seeing them. I'm going to tell you right now, if Higby is not the number one tight end or they make a spot for him as a tight end to have a dual threat tight end, they're crazy. Higby's a badass, and Higby's going to make some noise. Not only that, they shore up their offense, uh, their offensive line. They get Brian Allen at the center position, Joseph uh, Nate Boom. They get him. You know, and then you have with that guys. This is a good offensive line, which in turn helps your quarterback Carson Wentz. That's the first time I made merely mention of him. Or I, I'm sorry, Jared Wood, uh, Jared Goff. He's a badass. By the way, you don't go 12 and two you know, or 12 and four each year without your quarterback being a badass. Guess what? He is one. So Jared Goff, you know, you're looking at it. now on the other side of it, their defense. You know, you have Aaron Donald. He is a badass. You got Dante Fowler Jr. from Jacksonville. He's a badass. Clay Matthews joining this team. He is not as good as he used to, but there's experience there. And this is a good defense. But I've got a feeling. I got him in second place for a reason. And the second place for the reason that I have them is their schedule. And I say this because they won a lot of games last year, you know, by, by, by scoring a lot of points. But I have a feeling that this year could be a change of that, okay? Because week number two is the, the highlight game. They might even overlook the Carolina Panthers, okay, at Carolina. And week number one is where we're going to find out about this team because you already know how I feel about Cam Newton. And if Cam Newton can come – and end up after week number one at 1-0, and beating Jared Goff in the Rams, going into the biggest game of the season against the Saints in week number two, which, by the way, they should have focused this on week number one. Why they could not have changed this to make this week number one, I don't know. It's stupid, and they should have done it. Should have been the highlight game of the week. This is week number one. The NFL and your scheduling, you need some help. Listen, it's not like you're in my leagues where you're, you're prone to – um, having availability at the stadium. Whether it was in New Orleans or whether it was in the Rams. And this game is actually at home, so the Rams are lucky. This game is not, it had been so damn loud in there, they wouldn't have been able to get anything done. But that game is at home, and they are lucky. But I looked at the schedule. I could see the Rams being 0-2 after two weeks of football, and where they will make up for it, Cleveland, they're going to have to fight to win. They'll get Tampa Bay. They may or – it's at Seattle, so, you know, I kind of got them marked down. You know who I'm picking this top in this division. I think they lose that game at home because I think they split. Then San Francisco, they should probably get that. They got Atlanta, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Baltimore. Well, maybe not Baltimore, but up to Chicago before they can make a little three-game run. But they end the season with with games, two games within the division, three of the last four actually within the mark that. 
Four of their last five games are in the NFC West. Starting off on Sunday, December 1st, they took on the, they take on the Arizona Cardinals. December 8th, they have the Seattle Seahawks. Then on Sunday, the 15th, they have the Dallas Cowboys out of division. Then back in the division, the San Francisco 49ers on December 22nd. And then ending up the season with the Cardinals, they should win that game. Guys, this could be a turnaround season for the team. I got them in second because I think they, they should probably be able to get the Cleveland game. They should be able to get the Tampa Bay game. They should be able to get the Cincinnati game. They should be able to get the Atlanta game. They should be able to get the Baltimore game. They should definitely be able to get both Arizona Cardinal games. And maybe, just maybe, they get the Carolina game in week number one. I got them finishing second in this division. But there's a lot of good things about this team. You, you look at the offensive ranks for this team. They were seventh at the quarterback position. Now, remember, this is also a football team that really, in the red zone last year, they're ranked 18th in the red zone. And they, and they had this going on. Now, a lot of that happened toward the end of the game where they didn't have Gurley in there. But still, the numbers don't lie. That's what they say, right? Numbers don't lie. 18th in the red zone last year. With that clicking clicking offense running back they were number four remember they did lose Gurley, or they probably would have been number one they got the number two wide receiver set last year the third best uh uh tight ends last year and then first in the uh, on the um tackle position on the offensive line but the offensive line seventh they got it going on there's no question they got it going on so sunny how come you don't have them beating the seattle seahawks because I look at the schedule and some of, the, some of those games I'm worried about. Sean McVay, I'm, so, I'm worried about for the Rams this year. Good, better, and different, that's where it's at. So when you see it as a whole, there's a lot of work that needs to be done now. And being all on the same page has got to be vital. Listen, I might be wrong. The Rams might run away with it. Their schedule says, suggests, okay, their suggests, from last year, that they should be able to do very well. Thinking about it, the only team within this one, before the bye, they should be 7-1. and one. They should run away with this thing. But th- those question marks are there, and they don't go away. And this is my little relative. I, I, I think Todd Gurley could be the problem for this football team. Now, I don't think you're going to get Todd Gurley with the problems off the football field. I think you're going to have him on. I think Todd Gurley could be a distraction, because not because of the way he's playing, it's because whether or not he'll be there. And that distraction is going to be huge. And it's not like they have the luxury that some teams have, and we're going to talk about it in the AFC West. There's a team in the AFC West that has three quality running backs. Three of them. When teams don't even have one. Which means that every single one of those three except one. So really, actually, they got four qualities. So three of the four are up for grabbing. So when you look at the Rams, how do you feel about the running back position? You got Todd Gurley. You feel good about that? Maybe. Malcolm Brown, back up. Daryl Henderson, rookie. 
I think they lack in backup, knowing what could or may happen to a girly. It should have been one of their priorities is to get a quality running back to back them up. Instead, they got Todd Gurley and four guys that mean nothing. Malcolm Brown, if you want to like him, go ahead. I don't. Daryl Henderson, Justin Davis, and John Kelly. Not, I'm not impressed. The running back could be a problem. But, again, you talk about the one, two, three, plus one contact there at the wide receiver position, it, it wouldn't shock me. And no Cuervo, he is really fashionably late. He's going to have to do a lot of quick talking. But then again, I think this division of football, to me, was interesting. But I, I, I'd be interested to find out where he thinks they are going to be, that being the Rams, as when I looked at the whole situation and figured it out, the Seattle Seahawks. Let's talk a little bit about this football. And, guys, when we go to the Seattle, we go to the guy, and, and, and I'm going to say it, another mini revelation, Russell Wilsburg is the best quarterback in this division. Yeah, I said it over – yes, yeah, I said it. But what they did just this past week in the news in Seattle – puts them in a much better position they are, whether or not it's personnel or just being and feeling good about themselves as a football team. Now, a couple years ago, you couldn't get Sonny Clark to say anything really good about the Seattle Seahawks. We can sit here. You go back into the archives. Can't stand them. This is a football team now, guys. And, and, and if they got rid of uh, Pete Carroll, I'd even be more happier. But they still have him. Still got that punk mentality a little bit. Sometimes you need a little punk in you in, in order to be good. So instead of having it really out on the football field, they got it with their head coach. And, yeah, I said it. He's a punk. Pete Carroll is a punk. Look at his history. We could talk about it all day long. You want to go up one-on-one? Hey, you want to ring the bell? Ring the bell, go one-on-one with Sonny Clark about Pete Carroll and how, about how great he is. Let's do it. Let's punch it out. Let's find out who wins. Let's see who gets knocked down because it won't be me. I'll tell you the reason why I know Pete Carroll. So, if you think that you're going to be able to get it from me, you're not going to be able to punch me out. <laughs> And <laughs> I gonna be able to get it from me? Do you think you'll beat me? I don't think yeah. so, Tim. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so, Tim. But sometimes you need a punk. Now, a bad place though, the head coaching position. But here's one thing that I want to tell you something about. When they got Bobby Wagner and they signed him to a three-year, fifty-four million dollar deal, forty million of it in guaranteed. Come on. Guys make him out like a complete and utter bandit. And not only that, he did it himself. He said, screw an agent. I know my worth. So let's say he got 10% less than what he would have got. That they had to pay somebody else, that being an agent. You know, forget it. So Bobby Wagner is the solidification of that defense. And I want to tell you right now, when you got a guy as Russell Wilson at your quarterback position, I just think you're that much better. You got a Super Bowl winning guy, been there twice. Cool, calm, and collective with a bunch of punks on the other side of the football field when he went. Now he's got a real football team. So I think it's, I, and when I look at the football team, I see it as more complete. 
I see it more complete is because you don't have the theatrics that you have that you had with the Legion of Bungholes. So I see a more complete team, and I see a better leader in Bobby Wagner on the defensive side of the ball. And, and I love me some Bobby Wagner because he epitomizes what people uh, that should be doing, taking over their own career, taking over what they are doing, and knowing your own worth. And listen, you don't need someone else to tell everybody about how great you are. You can just do it yourself. And that's what you get with Bobby Wagner each and every time. Bobby Wagner is a badass. Now, you put that up on there. There's some names up on that defense that keep your eyes and ears open besides Bobby because Bobby's going to be there. Look out for K.J. Wright. He's going to be really huge. He is a guy, you know, the, he, he's a cornerback. He is not, you know, to the talents as far as some of the other ones, but he is right there. He's about 80, 87 to 90% of some of the other guys that were there. So look out for him. I think that is going to be really huge. They need that. Look out for strong, the strong state, uh, safety, Brad McDougal. I like that guy as well. And then you got Tedrick Thompson as the free safety position. Look out for these guys. They might not be games, guys that you know, but the right corner, Trey Flowers, that guy's solid. So I looked at the defense on this football team. What do they say about teams defense wins wins championships? Maybe it's good enough to get you to the playoffs. Maybe even win your division. And, and, and a division really where there's really only one other team there. And you listen, and again, I hope I can be wrong about Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco and my boy Marquise Goodwin over there. I hope I can be completely wrong because I don't want Marquise Goodwin to slip, bitch slap me when next time I see him. So, you ask, why are they going to do it? Well, that defense is huge. The, the defense has got a lot to say because the defense feels like they, I don't want to say they're being disrespected, but they're just not being recognized as a defense that can get the job done. But Bobby Wagner is the guy who's going to be. No, you just go to the offensive side of the ball where you got Russell Wilson with the, with the championship ring, two Super Bowl appearances, a badass. Tyler Lockett, guys, you want to sit on Tyler Lockett, you can go ahead. This dude is quick. He's Marquise Goodwin quick. Maybe a little bit slower. But that dude's quick. By the way, and when he throws to him, I'm talking about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has a perfect, let me me say that again, a perfect quarterback rating throwing to Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, 10 10 TDs, many yards. I mean, guys, look out for this guy. Tyler Lockett, it'll be there. Look out for the Rook Medcap. He's going to make some noise there. They got Juwan Brown, too, by the way. He's not a slouch. I don't know much about David Moore. I'll give it that. But where I think that they got a, you know, a sneaky guy that's going to be good, look out for Nick Vernet. Nick Vernet is, is a guy that can get the job done and the shoulders, unbelievable. The only question that I have up on this football team is the running back position. I love Chris Carlson. But here's the, re- and here's the reason why. The backup is going to be Rashad Penny. But the difference is they got fullbacks there, guys. 
and I love the fullback position in today's NFL. I don't think it's utilized enough. Nick Ballore at the University of Detroit. Bo Scarbaugh. These guys are huge, and they're going to be running behind Mack truck. I like it. And as they say on Dumb and Dumber, I like it a lot. So, I love this division, and I hate it at the same time. But Arizona, good God, good God, awful. San Francisco, as much as I love Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to see it. Marquise. Goodwin, my buddy, former Raleigh Eagles varsity football wide receiver. Don't slap me. Don't bitch slap me next time you see me. But the class of the division is the same class that was there. It's just going to flip here, I think, in my opinion, on the way I look at the NFC, the NFC West. So, an interesting point of view in this division of football, I think. There's a lot of things that could end up happening in this division of football that will change the way that you look at it. And I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that the 49ers are not in third place, but I got to go with what I think will end up happening. So my hope is that the 49ers are the team that they could have been with Jimmy Garoppolo before losing them before week number three of the season last year. Of course, that being said, in case you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. It's Quiver Sunday morning, fashionably late, getting that high and tight. The Clipper got stuck, and he needed a little time to get it out before they left the gash in his head. How you doing, Quervo? I'm good, Sonny. I made it out of the barbershop six. Um, all was good. I had to call an audible this morning, but I'm I'm here now. Yeah. So uh, yeah, how you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, I, I covered the NFC West. I didn't know how late you were going to be, but I kicked it, and I just just finished it. So since we got you, you get the abbreviated position because this I'm glad you're here because, let's be honest, AFC West is what I really wanted to talk about here today. But but before we get there, you know, my picks are in the division. I have the Arizona Cardinals in last, San Francisco in third. I have the Rams in second place. Uh, and then I got Seattle winning the division. Now, if you go really quick and you take a look at the stupid USA Today in the NFC West, they had the 49ers winning this division at 10 and 6, and the Rams 9 and 7, Seattle 9 and 7, and the Cardinals 3 and 13. All right, so that having been said, some who, whatever their token, I want a hit of it over there at the USA Today um, because I the only one I agree with in the order is the Arizona Cardinals. And, and, frankly, I think the Cardinals might be able to get five games. USA Today has them 3-13. and 13. So let's just start it out, Cuervo, when you take a look at your look. And by the way, j- just so that we know, before we get into that, do you have the information from you from what we did last year in this division? Uh, you know I do, Sonny. You know I do. So last, last year. <laughs> so let's talk about last year. Yeah. Um, how, how do I say this? Uh, we missed the mark. On, Did on we Anna both West suck? Last year. <laughs> it, it was it was pretty bad. So it was bad. obviously the love the love for Jimmy G was huge last year. We had San Francisco oh, yeah. winning the division. 
Uh, we both had the Rams finishing second. Yeah, we both had the 49ers winning last year. Um, we both had the Rams finishing second. Uh, we couldn't be more wrong on that one. Uh, the difference it was three and four, though. I had Seattle in third, Arizona in fourth. You had Arizona in third and Seattle in fourth because – as we all know, Sonny Clark does not like the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm a hater. He, uh, <laughs> Admitted yeah, hater. He buried them. He buried them deep into his divisional picks. So that's where yeah. we were last yeah. year. And uh, like I said, uh, we could be more wrong because the Rams not only won that division, but as you know, they represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that being said, you, you see the numbers. You see where I went. Uh, you know, I just I just shifted Arizona to last, moved the 49ers down to third, and from from worst to first for the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Rams in second. So let's go to your predictions on what you thought about the the uh, position. Who did you Cuervo have in fourth position in the N or the uh, NFC West? Yeah, so, I mean, not much of a surprise, Sonny. I'm, I'm with you on Arizona finishing in fourth. Look, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of people are excited about, you know, Kyler Murray's, you know, his, his uh, you know, start of the NFL season as a rookie and uh, his debut and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, let's be real. The guy, the kid has a lot to learn, all right? He had one great season at Oklahoma and I'm not taking that away from him. But as we all know, it takes more than just one great season in college to, to translate into the NFL. So I, I want to see – I just want to see what the kid's made of uh, from a toughness standpoint, from an IQ standpoint. I'm not questioning the kid's arm. Right? The, kid, the kid's got a gun for an arm. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not, not saying anything about his physical talent, but – I want to see where he's at from an IQ standpoint. I want to see where he's at from a toughness standpoint. Those two things right there, Sonny, are going to tell me the kind of quarterback that the Arizona Cardinals drafted them one overall. Um, Do they have the right coach for not, him there with with Cliff Kingsbury? I mean, they're they're making it like it, uh, but you know, it's all talk until they until they put they put it on the field against real competition, not you know, red versus white scrimmage games or whatever they call it in Arizona. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I want to see, like I said, I mean, what is he going to do in live action against a, a, a Seahawks defense, a 49ers defense? You know, what, how, how's he going to react to blitzes? And when Bobby Wagner's screaming at him, you know, what, what, is he going to panic or is he going to, uh, you know, is he going to be a playmaker? So, that's what I'd I want panic. to see from Kyler Murray. Bobby Wagner's a badass. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you're right about that. So, and that's why I used him as an example because, uh, you know, the, I mean, this is a guy that is a defensive player of the year caliber guy. So, um, and and you're going to have to go up against him twice a year. So, how's he going to react to that? But, uh, you know, I'm I just interested don't think to see enough. how Kyler Murray and Larry Fitzgerald put it together. The one two punch that is. Because obviously, and that's no disrespect to Larry Fitzgerald, he's just a year older, and he should have been out of Arizona six years ago. Um, yeah, that being said, of course, that's the name of the show. You know, they still have him, and how are they going to utilize the Larry Fitzgerald in this kind of offense? 
that's another thing. When I looked at the, how that offense was going to work, I, you know, you've got Larry Fitzgerald. Now, I know you got a lot of young guys behind him, but still, he's your number one. And, you know, when you look at it, the storied career that he has, and listen, they haven't won anything. They made it to a Super Bowl. Congratulations. Didn't get it. Should have won it, but didn't. Steelers got it. Um, but, yeah, you know, really, Larry Fitzgerald is just a shell of what he used to be. And I'm not saying he's not – well, okay, I'm, I'm going to say it. he's not great. He's, he's your average wide receiver now. He is really your number two, but there's nobody else on this football team that can take a step ahead of him right now. So, really, in reality, Larry Fitzgerald's your number one. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, you know, I don't see anybody, uh, you know, being the number one option. But I will give you a name for a guy that the Arizona Cardinals did draft, uh, Hakeem Butler. Uh, I've heard a lot yeah. of good things about this kid, and, and I think I think he's a guy that can eventually take over that number one spot in Arizona and become Kyler Murray's favorite target. Obviously, as a rookie, he's not going to do it right away. But I will say that I think that's a name to watch out for in Arizona listening right now that may not know too much about Hakeem Butler, um, you're going to learn about him very fast, and I think you're going to like what you see. What do you think about David Johnson? I mean, I love the guy. I just think that guy needs to be on different football teams. It's just, especially now. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how much, you know, this reminds me of the Arizona Cardinals of 20 years ago, you know, just thinking that they can plug and play. Okay, this is not a window system where you can just put it right there in the USB and have it work. This is something that's got to be done. David, jo- I don't think David Johnson fits this kind of offense. I, this guy is, is – he, you know who he really reminds me of? When I think of Larry Johnson or um, David Johnson when he is healthy, I'm going to bring back a name from the blast of a past of Chicago. He reminds me of a Matt Suey, just a little bit leaner. Okay, hey, you remember Matt I know that guy. Matt, Matt's – yeah, you know that guy. Matt, he reminds me of a Matt Suey kind of guy. Um, but so, in other words, for this new offense that they're going to be putting together, Cuervo, it's got to be a little bit – he he's going to be a little bit slower more than the offense, and that's the reason why I don't see him really fitting into this offense. Yeah, you know, honestly, Sonny, uh, I, I guess I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be blunt about it. I think David Johnson's an overrated linebacker. I don't think he's that good because, number one, He's not very durable. Um, that, but that's had, true. He's had one, maybe two good seasons, and people were drafting him number one overall on the fantasy teams. Now I get it. It's just fantasy football, and I understand that. Uh, <laughs> but my thing is, my thing is, you know, people people think he's, you know, he's like the greatest thing that's happened to the Arizona Cardinals, like. Uh, I I don't see it. I I don't think he's that. Five years that. he's been there. Cuervo has been quiet for three. Yeah, I I don't I don't see anything dynamic about his game. He's a very, just you know upright type runner. You know, very very basic running back. I don't see anything about his game that really makes him unique. And that's what you but that's what you want in your running back. You know, running back is one of those positions, Sonny, that. You have to bring something extra to the table, and, and I don't see I agree. that. He, he's a guy that just, you know, he takes carries and he runs with it. He doesn't do anything special. I mean, it's like, it's like if if you're a Madden player, 
you don't do any type of juke or, or, or spin moves to try and get past it. Like, that's David Johnson. Uh, I, don't, I don't see anything creative. He's definitely not a Barry Sanders, I'll tell you that. Uh, right. He's barely like a Le'Veon Bell. I mean, at least Le'Veon Bell is a guy that can shift around, and and, uh, and obviously he's best known for being a guy that can that knows how to wait for his blocks to, to you know, develop and things like that. Like, David Johnson doesn't even do that. He just runs. You know, and he doesn't do right. anything special, so. I don't, I'm not. Yeah, and, and they and they fell in love with his his senior year number square votes. What they did when he was with Northern uh, Iowa, fifteen hundred and fifty three yards. Uh, that's equaled out to five point four yards a carry, which is monster. Um, seventeen touchdowns, thirty eight receptions, three hundred uh, uh, five hundred thirty six yards, and two touchdowns. That's what they fell in love with. But guess what? There's a difference between Northern Iowa and Iowa. There's a difference between Northern Iowa and Alabama, you know. So it, it, the the fall off of that production was major. Um, he did. He had one good year in reality, Querbone, and they are talking about David Johnson being one of the best running backs in, in Cardinal history. And I just just don't forget about Otis Anderson if you're going to do that. You know, he's not, he can't clear. He cannot carry Otis Anderson's job. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe statistically he's one of the best, uh, but <laughs> I mean, let's let's look at let's look at the list to choose from. You know, I mean, yeah, you had a you had a what a thirty nine forty year old Emmett Smith, right? You've had yep. Edron James at the end of his career. You've had Chris Johnson at the end of his career. You've had uh, oh, who was. When Kurt Warner was there, who was the running back? I'm trying to remember now. It well, was. I know uh, Edger and James was part of it, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't he uh, during that time? But, yeah, but that was but that was at the end of his career, Sonny. All his good his good years were obviously with Peyton in Indianapolis. So that that's why I'm saying like they've had a lot of guys like names, but it was at the tail end of their career. So oh, I think you what, know what? I think it was Andre Ellington, wasn't it? Or or Tim Hightower, uh, one Ellington, of the two. Yeah, Ellington and Hightower. I mean, those are legit names that you can choose from, I guess, for yeah, greatest Cardinal running back involved with that. I just I can't remember the timing. And but, don't forget uh, Adrian I mean, Peterson, of course. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah. Yeah. I, know, I, yeah. I understand. But, I mean, my. Sonny, my point is there. Ha- there's not really much to choose from when it comes to. Arizona Cardinal running back history. I mean, yeah. What's that kid's name? Steven Towling or something like that? Like, uh, there's just, I mean, there's just not much to choose from. So, right. by default, yeah, David Johnson's one of the best running backs in Cardinals history. And it's not because, you know, he's considered well, an no, all time. You know, I just found it. It was Marcel Shipp. That's who it was, Cuervo. Yeah, I mean that's an that's an I mean, but again, I mean that's who? Yeah, I know. You know that's I know. not a Unless guy. You're a that's fan, not you a go, guy. Who? Yeah, yeah. How do you say it? he's not exactly? It's nothing to write home, Mama, about. That's right, exactly. So, this, there just right. hasn't really. There's not a rich history of running backs in Arizona Cardinal history. It's not like we're talking about Walter Payton, Gail Sayers, and yeah. Uh, you know, guys like that. You know, Matt Forte, Matt Suey, uh, <laughs> Matt Suey, exactly. 
So, <laughs> oh, I got to bring out the blast for the past, man. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so that, so, so do you like the Arizona Cardinals to win? They give me an over and under on six games this year. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna say four, maybe five for them. They've got a and, schedule that they should be able to do it if they were halfway decent. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I though, mean, too, their like, schedule. It, it, I, listen. If, if you're a good football team, you're, you're killing for the schedule. Detroit, Baltimore, Carolina, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, New York. You don't even get a game until week eight against the Saints, for God's sake. And then after yeah. that, you know, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, San Francisco again, then the Rams, uh, Pittsburgh, then Cleveland. So yeah, I mean, you have a great first part of the season if you're a good football team, this is a stretch. This is a tough schedule for this football team, which goes to show they got a lot to to do over in in Arizona to be that good. So, so that leads mm-hmm. us to the team in third place for you. Who do you have in third place within this division, Cuervo? This one was a tough one, probably, to figure out who you were going to put. Who you got there in third? Place? Yeah, you know, not so much for me, but um, but again, I'm going. I'm agreeing with uh, your pick and. I've got the 49ers finishing third. Um, I just want to see where Garoppolo's at, you know, mentally, physically, stuff like that. That's really going to tell the difference in in what type of year the 49ers wind up having. Um, It's all going to depend on Jimmy G and and where he's at. Not necessarily his mindset, but just the confidence. Uh, Because when you tear an ACL, that's – that's hard to get over, not just physically, but, yep. you know, it's, it's a mental game as well. So for guys that have torn ACLs, I'm sure they'll tell you the same thing, that even though physically they felt ready to go, uh, in the back of their minds, all they're thinking about is, I hope I don't, I hope I don't hurt myself again. So uh, yep. it becomes a mental thing, and, and guys play hesitant when, they, when it's a mental game. And, and that's what I'm yep. afraid of, is that Garoppolo is going to play hesitant and it's going to cost them games. Uh, and and I also really, really failed on getting a backup quarterback for them. I mean, really, when you looked at this, when you looked at this, and they, again, they got C.J. Beathard backing them up. I'm sorry, you need to go upgrade at that position, Cuervo, because they saw you saw what kind of games these guys can play during the regular season at the backup position for them, which – it wasn't there. So uh, they definitely need to do something there, and they did. They dropped the ball on that part. Um, they got Nick Mullins and then C.J. Beathard's right behind. Then the, the guy that they got in the draft, uh, Wilton, was a Wilton Spite. Never even heard of him. Don't care. So, you know, he's he's irrelevant. Um, so Nick Mullins I've at least heard of. C.J. Beathard, you know, got beat up pretty well last year at the quarterback position as well. I think they dropped the ball at the backup uh, quarterback position when they needed to go get an upgrade, especially since Blake Bortles was out there. You know, you know, and listen again, you know, Blake Bortles is a career backup. He should not be a starter. He could back, he could actually back up Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah, he can, and, and I mean, he he did for a little while, but then that Mullins kid came in and and stole the show for a couple of weeks, and then just kind of faded away from there. But uh, but, you know, I think for a team like the Niners, 
Sonny. They they definitely have to make sure that they address the backup position because uh I mean anything could happen. I mean Garoppolo could go down again or or yep. let's say he winds you know, he's playing well, even if he's playing bad, I don't think they're gonna bench him. They're paying him way too much money to do that, so I don't think I don't think yep. that's gonna even be an issue. But but I definitely think the whole you know, think about his uh you know, his injury, if he's not ready to go, like that's definitely something that uh, I think we could, you know, they should be able to make sure it's solidified going into, the, I mean, because technically, you know, the preseason starts in four days. For those that don't know that. That's First, why we finished this, this, this week, this week, isn't it? It, it, the timing was wonderful, right. wasn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it couldn't have, it couldn't have worked out any better, Sonny. You betcha. Hey, now on the defensive side, they, I think they did, they're okay. They got both, so they picked him up in the in in the draft, which is always good. They got D Ford from Kansas City. I think that was a good pickup for him. Of course, they still have Richard Sherman there. Don't forget about Fred Warner. I think that guy. You know, say whatever you want about him. That guy can play. Um, and, you know, I think their defense is pretty good shape. And really, in reality, though, when you talk about this team, you got to really look offense in, you know, because their defense actually did show up, even though it cannot stand Richard Sherman. Uh, their defense did was the best part of that football team uh, last year. So that'll lead us into second place in this division, Cuervo. I went ahead and I see the Rams taking the step back a little bit because I think they're going to lose some games that they probably shouldn't. You know, coming off of the Super Bowl hangover that they didn't win the game and all that, and they got outclassed big time. I think, you know, in Todd Gurley, I don't know about his mental status. He got paid, so I don't think he's even in the game in reality, although everything you read about yeah. him, he is well, great. Um, so who do you have in second place? Is it the Seattle Seahawks or is it the Rams? So this is where, uh, this is where we go our separate ways, Sonny. I've got Seattle finishing second. Um, you know, I just think the Rams are too powerful. Uh, and, and I saw some clips last night on sports center, uh, Todd Gurley's out there, he's doing his thing and, and he's looking, he's looking like he's, you know, he's where he needs to be, uh, as far as, you know, physically, uh, the way he was talking, he seems, he seems like he's in good spirits. So, uh, I think the Rams are going to be all right. Um, I just, I just want to see how Sean McVay responds to, uh, the Super Bowl loss and can he keep his team focused? Um, you know they uh, they've got a lot going for them. I mean, this is a team that's not going anywhere for a little while. So um, I just want to see if if McVeigh is, is the type of coach that can keep his guy on guys on the right track and not allow them to uh, have that Super Bowl hangover that I thought was going to be your. Uh, your uh, out of this world prediction, but it turns out it's from the AFC West. So, um, right. you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I still say that the Rams are still the, the strongest team in this division, let alone one of the strongest in the a- NFC. So uh, that's why I've got Seattle going second. It's nothing against the Seahawks. I I think, I think that they're the Seattle Seahawks are, they're obviously in a rebuilding mode. But yet, the fact that they're still able to be a team that's being talked about as a playoff contender, that says a lot about, believe it or not, and I know you're not the biggest Pete Carroll fan, but that's, that's 
type of coach that knows how to, you know, the guys that actually respect him, keep them focused. And that's why the guys that were, you know, I guess borderline disrespectful or disrespecting him, uh, they're no longer there. And, yep. and I think Pete, at the, at the, at the cost of, of the talent of the team, doesn't really care about that. It's all about are right. you buying into what, to what he's selling. So guys like Earl Thomas giving him the finger on the other side of the field, um, you know, now he's going to be – now he's with the Ravens and probably not going to make much of an impact like I mentioned last week. So, um, you know, it, 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 you know, like the saying says, Sonny, out with the old and in with the new, and I think that's that's the motto for the Seattle Seahawks this year. Absolutely. I think they're more of a complete team with, without those guys. I really do. And, and But then again, that's my problem with a lot of football players. You know, my, when I look at football players, you know, I don't want it to be all about me. And I think that the, the, the Seahawks are way away from that now in reality, even with their, their quarterback, Russell Wilson. He's never been it's all about me kind of guy. It just tripped up and ended up that way because who, who else were they going to get? So they had to pay him. So that's the reason why that situation is where it's at. I just think they're more of a, a complete football team. I, I think the mindset's a little bit better. Not much, maybe, but I think the Rams have got some things that they got to work out, and I think the big portion of that's going to be Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley's got to be a guy that's going to be ready to go. And in training camp, everybody's okay. In training camp, everybody's ready to go. In training camp, everybody looks good in uh, day one, two, three, or four. I want to see more from him. I want to see if he's got the money hangover more so than anything else because if you remember correctly, he got paid a lot earlier than he should have. Um, and now they're sweating the quarterback uh, uh, contract extension now when they should have been able to address that first before they did Gurley. That having been said, you know, we, we got to find out where all that ends up and how it works out. So I, I do. I have Seattle taking this division where Cuervo has the Rams taking it. Um, and uh, I got the um, Rams in second place, and Cuervo has the uh, Seattle Seahawks. We both have Arizona in last place and both have the 49ers in third place. We'll see how that one wraps up and how that one shapes up as the season goes along. Um, And that being said, now, now, this is the meat of the show I wanted to get to. And the meat of of this show today, here I'm throwing away the NFC stuff because hopefully my predictions will be good. I don't need to go back and, well, I can always go back and listen to how bad the predictions were. (laughs) But, it is now time for the AFC West, guys. I, I've This was one of the – when we talked about divisions of football, that was really, really tough. It reminds me of the AFC North Cuervo. You got four teams in that division of football that you've got to ask yourself the question, um, where, where are these guys going to go? Um, and when you looked at the AFC West and where it ended up in 2019, uh, it went a little bit of something like this. Let me just push that button so I can get the uh, where, where they were. Wait. Yeah. Well, of course, I put in the wrong thing. Hit that button. All righty. Here we go. All right. So the um, 2018 uh, season for the AFC West ended up, uh, like this, and why isn't it loading? Load a little bit faster. My, compu- my, my computer internet is about as slow as it can be. Here we go. AFC West, Kansas City Chiefs, 12-4, and 
tied up with uh, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at 12 and four. They just had the tiebreaker over the uh, Rams uh, or the uh, Chargers as the division. Kansas City was five and one division, and the Chargers were four and two. That's the reason why you had one and then two. Both of those teams went to the playoffs. You had the Denver Broncos at six and ten, and the Oakland Raiders at four and twelve. So you know that's where it was. So where were we last year, Aquervo, as far as our picks in the AFC West? Who did we have, and where are we sitting at? Okay, Sonny. So last year in the AFC West. Uh, it wasn't too bad. We were a little bit off, but it wasn't the, the worst predictions we've, we've had. Uh, uh-huh. We actually had the same exact uh, division uh, picks. We had oh. Denver finishing last. Okay. We had there it is finishing third, which uh-huh. I want to say it was the other way around, though. I think, it I think was. the Raiders finished last. Yeah. They did. Um, we Four both, and twelve. Both had the, we both had the, uh, the Chiefs finishing second, and then the Superchargers winning the division. So yes, that's how, that's how last year went. So that, and that's not too bad because they both ended up twelve and four. So we can't be too, uh, too bad about that in, in reality. But um, the Raiders in third, and uh, of course Denver in last. So. Um, when when you look at this division, there's some changes that happened within the division, uh, some major changes on, uh, you know, at least two teams, if not three. We're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. So let's do that. So we're all set. This is the meat of the show here today, the AFC West, because you've got a team in there. Everybody's really kind of talking about is going to be going to the Super Bowl, if you believe everything. But let's start in fourth place on Sunny Clark's prediction. Now, this one wasn't very hard for me in reality, because number one, I don't respect the coach. And, and, that, and that's one of the problems as far as that's concerned. And, and I think the coach is also ringing a very good quarterback. Um, when you look at the Oakland Raiders, Cuervo, um, you know, last year we saw the Raiders. We thought they were going to be in third place. But the simple fact of the matter is, is that they got a head coach that's got an ego that is the size of anything I've ever seen. He thinks he's the best thing to come along since Fruit Punch. Should thank Tony Dungy for his one Super Bowl, but he doesn't. He takes all the credit. Um, But also, big news there for Oakland. Uh, Over in Las Vegas, they went ahead and along with Caesars Palace, I've got the agreement, and they are working on that stadium that is supposed to be huge, supposed to be $1.8 billion, which means it's going to be two point five. So, Cuervo, lots of things about this Oakland Raiders teams have changed, so I'm going to shoot this over to you. I have them in in fourth place within this division of football. So when you're looking at the Oakland Raiders, what are you looking at as far as that team and where they could end up this year? Yeah, so I think I've got a little more, I don't want to say love, but the fact that they've made certain moves, um, I'm going to keep them in third this year. Uh, I, I think I think Antonio Brown's going to be a difference maker for Derek Carr. I think it, it's it's one of those things where they're going to feed off of each other, and they're going to make each other better. Now I don't know if it's going to improve the whole team, but at least for those two, I think they're going to be better. 
sunny there. Or to sunny Clark. All right, give us a minute, guys. I don't know what happened to Sonny. Maybe he had a call or something he had to take. So. Oh, uh, again, I've got the Raiders in mute. I, Am I there now? Did, did I mute? Yeah, I can hear you, you now. Got, <laughs> loud and clear, or is there a problem? Nope, nope, loud and clear. Okay, all right. That, that hasn't been said. I'll just pack it up. Beep, beep, beep. Let me back it up here just a little bit and go back. So what I was was going into as far as this team was concerned, there's certain things and certain guys that I look at as far as as players making their um, official, you know, appearance. And and I I looked at Antonio Brown, and this guy just couldn't get in a car and show up. Okay, if you wanted to show up in a a stretch limo, maybe. But, no, this guy's got to go overboard. This guy's got to come in by a hot air balloon. See, and this is the kind of shit that this uh, – <clears throat> sorry. This is the kind of crap that makes me mad I, it, because this right here – and I know. I get it. Uh, you know, training camp's boring. Oh, we show one-handed catches in training camp. That means absolutely jack crap when it comes to the regular season because you don't see it. They do all kinds of crap, but this is the reason why these kind of guys rub me the wrong way. You can't, just can't show up to, to – to camp. You just can't show up and do what you're supposed to do. No, it's got to be a theatrics. Not only that, just in case you didn't know, Antonio Brown don't go anywhere now without a camera crew because of what he may do. And when when it's uh, when it's like that, Cuervo, I see a guy that's not a team player. I see a guy that's a punk. I see a guy that is so selfish that he can't even get out of his own way when he's got an opportunity to go make a change on a football team that needs one. Let's be honest, okay? They didn't play very well last year, okay? And, and the fact that they went flashy with this guy is only because of Las Vegas, okay? In case you didn't know, Las Vegas and the Raiders are all set and ready to go with their stadium, two point, a $1.8 billion stadium, which means it's going to be two point five. Um so they got a lot to prove. So they bring in the hard hitter, John Gruden. Now they bring in Antonio Brown. The question is, is where will it mesh? And the problem I see here, Cuervo, big time, is will this whole situation, whether it's John Gruden, Antonio Brown, ruin the guy that you were just talking about, David Carr? David Carr was one of the top five quarterbacks in this league not more than two to three years ago. And now he's slipped to probably 11 or 12 because of the situation that has happened in Oakland. So the whole situation, when I look at the Raiders, I see this. They were, guys, they were four and freaking 12 last year. Now, let me, let me just repeat that, okay? You're talking about the Raiders, the story franchise that are the Raiders, okay? And the simple fact of the matter is they're not going to be any better. And they're going to ruin David Carr at the same time. David Carr's got to get out of Oakland. He needs to fake an injury and get gone. 
I'm telling you right now, Cuervo, that's my revelation. David Carr needs to get the hell out of Oakland before his career is done and over with an overrated head coach and a foul-mouthed, big-mouthed punk at the wide receiver position that thinks that his crap don't stink, and it will be just like Odell Beckham. He'll miss a pass, or he don't get him when he's wide open, and then he's going to become something else. Or, Lord forbid, Cuervo, Lord forbid anybody else at the wide receiver position on that football team gets any time. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's some guys on the football on that football field that should get some time at the wide receiver position. And when I looked at the football team, I looked at the talent. I love David Carr. And, hey, say whatever you want. They got a rook, uh, running back, Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, is going to be a badass, I think. Uh, but looking at the wide receiver outside of Antonio Brown, they have Tyler Williams. When they picked him up from the Chargers, you think they had that playbook in hand? He was. You think they were hoping they had the play, he had the playbook or a copy of it? Hell yeah, that's the reason why they went out and got Tyrell Brown. And then you look at the split; they got J.J. Nelson and then the rookie uh, Hunter Renfro. I think Hunter Renfro is going to be a great slight, uh, uh, slot wide receiver. Uh, but Ryan Grant, I like him too. So I think there's some guys on there that can get the job done, and if you can sneak in, maybe sneak in Dwayne Harris and get him some, get him part of it. But it's the Antonio Brown show on the offensive side of the ball, Cuervo, and I don't think that does this team any good. Um, it, they need to be more of a team, uh, team one. But there's one thing that the head coach of this football team said, and, and, and they showed this in hard knocks, and, and I believe what he said, and let me hear this. You have to end someone else's dreams in order to be a Super Bowl champion or a playoff team. And he's absolutely right. And in this division, he's got three tough teams to have to try to get around, whether it's Denver, whether it's uh, Kansas City, or whether it's the uh, Chargers. So they are definitely going to have to ruin ruin somebody's dreams in order to do something. But right now as a team, Cuervo, I don't see the Raiders together. I don't see them as a team. I see them as a couple of, well, really one guy. And I think Antonio Brown will prove who he was in Pittsburgh to be the same guy right there in Oakland, and it could be a problem for this team as they move forward. Um, I guess that, you know, it's really remained to be seen, Sonny. I mean, it's like I mentioned last week. You know, some guys, they just need, just like with Odell Beckham Jr., uh, for some guys it's just a change of scene. And maybe that's yep. what he needed. He was tired of. You know, maybe for Antonio Brown, he was just tired of the of the Steeler way, quote unquote, and yeah. wanted to yeah. be in a place where he could be more himself and and do things like you know have a blonde discipline. You know what I'm a saying? Punk. So yeah, 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 well, uh, yeah. Well, I have I a blonde mustache. Undisciplined and a punk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we we can call it whatever. Uh, being being himself. Um, is really what it's about, and I guess I guess for Antonio Brown, uh, getting out of Pittsburgh was the only way that he was going to be able to do it. So, uh, with that said, yep. I mean, I, I think so. This whole time, your revelation was that Derek Carr just needs to get out of Oakland. You know, absolutely. I was, I, I'm, a, I'm, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, Sonny. I, I'm. It, it that's. I was thinking a much bigger prediction than 
just one ah, individual leaving. Bigger revelation. Team. Yeah, I thought I was thinking because look, for those who don't listen to the show normally, Sonny Clark is the type of man. He goes big or he goes home. And for something like this, <laughs> I thought it was going to be something like the Kansas City Chiefs will go 0-16 this year. You know, I was thinking something oh, like oh, way oh, oh. like Hey, but Cuervo, this was only one of the revelations I had for the AFC West. Oh, contraire, mon frere. I haven't gotten there yet. And we are getting close, so, though. We are getting yeah. close, though, to the revelation. And it's going to be it's gonna be a bombshell. But. All right. Well, here. Yeah, I guess no, there well, hold on. Here. Let me. Let, it, it, more notes just really. Where, where's my specs? Where's my specs go? I gotta stop taking them off my head. There we go. All right. All right. Now, still with the Raiders. <clears throat> okay. Antonio Brown arrives. At, oh, they had the train. That just makes me mad. All right. So I, I covered that. Josh Jacobs, the rookie. Hey, listen. I like Josh. Je- hey, Cuervo. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, was a good pickup for this team. Now, the backup a little bit with Jalen Richards. I really like that. But I like another guy that's sitting at the third spot. DeAndre Washington. I love this guy, and I don't even know why, but I think they got a good set of running backs for this football team, so I'm really liking that part of it. And let's see, I think I covered, Mm -hmm. oh, just to let you know why Derek Carr needs to get the hell out of there, he has the second most passing yards in franchise history behind who, Cuervo? Rich Cannon. Thank you. And then 4,049 uh, uh, passing yards. Um, so, uh, but, you know, this is a football team that's got a lot of improvements that they've got to move forward with. And I don't think it's the coach because I think the coach is it, – it, this right here, Cuervo, if you think about it, with him coming back to the Raiders with it being all in turmoil instead of just set up like it was for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we're going to find out this year how bad of a co- or how good of a coach John Gruden can be. Okay, because the simple fact of the matter is, is that I don't have any respect for him as a head coach because he didn't do anything with Tampa Bay. You think about that, Cuervo. You look at that team. That team should have been a three-year championship contending team, and they weren't. And that, that, that's why I have never been so hopped up on the fact that when you look at a football team um, that, you know, you want to talk about overhyped, they just went for the name. And that, also the problem is Las Vegas. I don't like the distraction that is Las Vegas. Um, and, you know, and I was thinking when I first heard about the rumors, well, that's not going to be for good for the teams going in. But what about the teams that, and the guys that will be living in Las Vegas. You want to talk a distraction there. Um, so they're going to have to figure that whole thing out in Las Vegas. Never mind the rumors of gambling and everything that will come out. Cuervo, they will. You just say whatever you want about it. You know, we hear even little stories about teams with a stopover in Vegas before they head over to LA uh, coming from the West side. You hear those stories. Um, but I, I think that, that Vegas is a distraction in itself. Um, and it even goes to this year. So it should be really, really interesting to see how the Oakland Raiders, which I think they're going to play this year and next year in Oakland before they actually make the final move over to Las Vegas. So I, I think there's a lot of things for the Raiders that needs to be going on. That's why I got them in last. So I'm moving closer to the crazy prediction that's going on here, Cuervo. Um, but anything else on the Raiders before we move on? 
nothing specific, Sonny. I mean, look, you know, you got to remember the reason that the Raiders were so bad last year. Yes, I know John Gruden, 10 years out of the league, trying to learn how, how things are ran again and stuff like that. But don't forget, though, I mean, they traded two of their best players away. So Absolutely. Did they tank, did they tank last year? Uh, yeah, they did. And you'll never hear them say that, but that's that's the fact. They tanked last year, and uh, you know that's how they wound up having three first round picks, which I think they did a pretty good job with who oh, they I drafted. Too. I I think Actually, they did a no, great I job. I take that back. I take that back. No, they bombed their first pick. Clellan Farrell, <laughs> nothing against him, but I think that there were better options at the number four pick. After that, though, Josh Jacobs, good running back. And then they wound up getting the uh, the safety from uh, Mississippi State. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, pretty solid player. Uh, him and Carl Joseph together are going to be a pretty good tandem at, at safety. So um, I think they should have went with. Uh, oh, uh, you mean uh, Jonathan Abram? Yes. Yeah, that's the guy. The guy that they drafted yeah. at safety. Uh, him. Yeah, him and Carl Joseph Joseph together are going to be pretty good. Um, but I think they should have went with um, as far as their first pick, and I don't have I don't have the name in front of me. Damn it! The, the, the ones that Buffalo drafted, the kid from Houston. Um, I'm trying to think. Of well, you mean that you mean they should have got the guy that the Buffalo Bills got with their first round draft pick? Is that what you're saying, Cuervo? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Let's see here. I think I might have that. Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, thank you. That's who they should have drafted. Interestingly that's, that's enough, he, he kind of fits kind of that that Raider look, doesn't he? Ed Oliver does. Yeah, I get it. That makes that makes sense, Cuervo. I like it. I like I like it a lot. That, that that's good. I like that. <laughs> so, I like it a lot. I gotta make, so we're getting ready, guys. I, I'm telling you because I, I I felt I I could not wait to get this because I came to this revelation a couple of weeks ago. Okay, and it wasn't necessarily because of uh, of uh, craziness that you'll get from the Couch Potato Sports Show, but I'm going to give you some. Okay, right here, right now. There's a team that's going to drop the third place in this division that's going to just just flip you out. And guys, I, and I hate to say it, because I, I want them to be so good, Cuervo, because they should be so good. The San Diego. Sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. I love the Chargers. I, I, I so much. I was so much of a Dan Fouts guy when I was a kid. I loved that because he always had that gut over the belt. That's really the reasons why I really liked him. You know, so I, I kind of, uh, I, I kind of uh, adopted his look. Uh, but you, you I, the Chargers are a football team that are in a lot of trouble right now. And if you're not paying attention, guys, you need to. Because they got a situation at their running back position that is becoming a holdout problem, and this is not what they need, Cuervo. They got Josh Gordon right now holding out. And, and by the way, this is reminding of Le'Veon Bell. Why? Because he, he, he talked up Le'Veon Bell, you know, sitting out the whole season. And, and listen – this is a big problem for the for the Chargers because I think they need Melvin Gordon. I think they need him to, and not only do I think they need him, I think I, I think I think they need him to be good. 
And the problem is, is there might be a situation where they won't have a Melvin Gordon out on the football team. Because when I was looking at it without having any problems, Cuervo, I'm looking at this offensive line. Listen to this, Cuervo. They got Phillip Rivers at the quarterback position, Melvin Gordon, he's a badass, Keenan Allen, okay, Travis, uh, Travis Benjamin, uh, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry, all right there. Those were, And then, okay, I've heard of all those guys. It's amazing. I, you know, a lot of times when you go through the whole thing, you go, well, I never heard of that guy. But I've heard of every single one that. Then I went to the offensive line, Cuervo. Russell O'Kong, I've heard of him. Oh, yeah. Now, he's an injury problem, but I've heard of him, and when he's healthy, he's a badass. Dan Feeney, I've heard of him. I, I, I love me some Then Mike Pouncey right in the middle. Then uh, Michael Schofield, and then uh, Sam Tevy. I've heard of every one of these predicted starters without contract holdouts and everything else. I'm sitting here going, what's going on with the Chargers? The Chargers are going to be a super badass team next year. But there's also another problem. Philip Rivers right now is fighting for a contract, okay? He's going into his last year underneath his contract, which is not good for them. As, you know, throughout his career, 374 TDs, okay? That's six for all time, okay? And that's pretty badass, all considered that they haven't won a Super Bowl with him at the quarterback position. And I'm wondering sometimes, Cuervo, when I get to that part, thinking, wow, why are they waiting so long to extend Philip Rivers? And that made me start thinking about this football team. Well, well, why would why would you not right now be on the phone and get this guy signed? Well, he's getting a little bit older and, and things of that sort. So, you know, that's always going to play a part of it, Cuervo. But when I look at Phillip Rivers, and then I was like, well, well, you know, they must have a great backup quarterback. They have none, Cuervo. Cuervo, I, I, I don't know. Tyrod Taylor, if you want to believe this guy, great. You're wonderful. Um, but then they got Cardell Jones, and I know who Cardell Jones out of Ohio State. That guy, you know, and then Easton Stick. Okay, basically they don't have backup quarterback position. Well, this is horrible, especially if a Phillip Rivers goes down and gets hurt. But you, you look at all these things that are going on here, I, I, because there's some big stuff going on. But I think the contract problems between the two stars could be a problem later on when you think about it, Cuervo. Because, again, Gordon back to being very vocal about Le'Veon Bell's contract. And I think he could end up getting screwed just like Le'Veon Bell did. And then here's, here's, here's how blind Melvin Gordon is. So just to let you know, Melvin Gordon says, you know, you know that he, what the team is saying about him. He says, he says, Melvin Gordon, this is a quote, they're behind me. They all got my back. They said, do what's best for your family. Um, and guess what? You know what that means? It means nothing, Cuervo. They don't give a shit about Melvin Gordon. Um, and, you know, they're worried about their own thing. They'll say what they got to do. You know, that, that all sounds good. But basically what that means is, is we don't give a rip. We're playing football. And, that, and I think that's another problem there. And I think he's also tra- bothered by Travis Benjamin getting a one-year extension before they even talked about him. So there's some, there's some things that are going on with the Chargers that I think are internal problems that could end up causing them problems to where you can see him slide down in there. So when, that's my look on the Chargers. Um, so I'm going to shoot it over to you, Cuervo. I mean, that's shock enough that I got them in third place quite possibly, I would think, unless you think the same thing. So um, where, where, when you look at the Chargers, what are you looking at, and where do you have them? 
You know, Sonny, every time I think you let me down, you always you always find a way to just blow my mind. Um, that was a good one. Chargers finishing third is a good one. No, I don't agree at all. Yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> I've got, I, I, you know, I, I do have the Chargers going finishing second. Um, so that in itself is a shocker that you have. Dare I say the. De- the Denver Broncos winning this division? But no. I, um, I, no we I have to find out. We're, we're not quite there. Um, but with that being said, um, what I would say to you, my good friend, Sonny, is that number one, you're crazy. And number two, <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I see where you're coming from, though, because contracts always wind up being a, a distraction for teams. Yes. Yeah, and I think I think that's why you have lost love for the Chargers this year is because I think I you probably feel like there. this contract these contract situations are going to be a, a lingering thing for the Chargers throughout the season. But you know, it doesn't surprise me. This GM that they have is known to be a, a, a cheapskate and a guy that doesn't take care of of. Uh, you know, the big name guys. That's why you saw Eric Weddle leave. That's why mm-hmm. you've seen, uh, you know, other guys come in and out of, uh, of, of well, San Diego, now L.A. Um, I'll tell you what, though. They better count their blessings, Sonny, that Philip Rivers has stayed, stayed around as long as he has. Um, well, he's on, because he's in the last year of his contract, Cuervo, and I also have a feeling just really quick, you know, Tom Telesco, if he doesn't get on the phone with his agent and get his ass re-signed, Philip Rivers, he'll put on that, you know, charger face. And he's already said, I was just watching it this morning. I expect to be in San Diego. So, but here's the thing. They better not let that linger, Cuervo, because two things could end up happening. Number one, they could piss him off, okay? And where that piss off comes off is when, if and when they start losing games that they shouldn't. Okay, that's where it is. Or they can make them happy, get that contract signed now, and I don't think it's going to happen because of exactly what you talked about, the guy being the cheapskate and not getting in there and doing what it is because Cuervo, they should beat Indianapolis. They should beat Detroit. They should beat Houston. They should beat Miami. They should beat Denver. They don't get a tough set until they get to Pittsburgh, and then they should beat Tennessee. Then they're in the dogfight with Chicago, and then the rest of it smooth sailing until they get to week 11. This team at worst should be eight and three, probably nine and two. And I think those lingering problems and those lingering things that will piss them off will affect them out on the football field and they won't get those games. This team should not lose to Detroit. This team should not lose to Miami. This team should not lose to the Denver Broncos. And they should not lose to Tennessee. I have a feeling they're going to lose some of those. Never mind the fact that they're in the dogfight with Indianapolis in week number one. So, and one thing that the, you can always kind of depend upon outside of last year is the Chargers dropping games that they really should not be dropping. And I think they take that step back because of the fact they got two of their superstars on this football team not signed. One that's probably going to sit out the whole year because they're not going to pay the money that Gordon wants. 
So that's already a problem. So you take away from a weapon, not just from the running back position, Cuervo. Melvin Gordon can get out on third down and be a great pass receiver as well. So they miss a one-two punch at the running back position. That really hurts it. And and then you have Phillip Rivers. If they go one and four or maybe two and two and three, how pissed off is uh, Phillip Rivers going to be if he doesn't have the personnel that he wants or needs in order to be successful? I, I you, were, you were absolutely right when you said contract negotiations have a way to sneak and trickle into the regular season and cause players not to give a shit. And that's where I think they're going to run into. Maybe not that they don't give a shit, but they won't be playing up to the potential they know, knowing that they got their money in their pocket. Well, yeah. And, and, and you know, I mean, can you blame them? Um, especially, you know, for, for the longest time, Sonny, I've always been in the mindset of just, you know, deal with it during the off season before, after the season and whatnot. And, you know, they'll, they'll yep. take care of you. You have been, you, you but, actually, and in fact, where if I'm not mistaken on this show, you said that's where it needs to be done in the off season, even before it gets to training camp. Yes. And, and yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's exactly right. And I, and I still stand by that, but as far as like guys, you know, being verbal about their frustration with it. Um, that's what I would have. That's what I normally would have an issue with. Uh, but I think I've, I've started to change my view on it a little bit because especially if you're a big name star, like a Phillip Rivers, like a Melvin Gordon, you're talking about Pro Bowl caliber type guys. I'm leaning more to because I think this the whole Le'Veon Bell situation last year really opened my eyes to saying you know these guys that actually put in the work and produce and put up the big numbers I yes. think they have earned that that uh, uh, you know that that room for uh, frustration I guess Being you vocal. could say being vocal about it because they have, they put their time and they've put in the work. When you got like the fourth string wide receiver guy talking about, I'm going to hold out and blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. That's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? Do you care? Buddy? Like, yeah. yeah, who the hell cares? Like, and, and it, and it, it sucks that it has to be that way or that, that it, that is the nature of the business. But look, that the NFL is all about the big names, the big stars. And, when yes. those guys are frustrated and, and and those guys make it public that they're frustrated, I mean, that's when you have to address the issue because they're the ones that have the voice. Uh, right. They're the ones that can make it look bad for teams, especially if they're pursuing free agency, you know, and – so I, my my view has changed a little bit. I I still think that certain guys need to be a little bit more mature about the situation that they're in and 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 maybe handle it a little bit more privately. Um, but for certain guys like Le'Veon Bell, who the Steelers I I believe absolutely tried to screw him, uh, yeah, and he didn't allow it. Um, well, no, I don't know I, if you I, could I really say look- that they tried to screw him. I think what they did is say, why don't you prove it a little bit more before we start handing out all this money? And, and me well, personally, I don't think that that was an unreasonable request for Le'Veon Bell. Sonny, I mean, I, he's 
he's put up monster numbers for what four straight years. I don't know what else he's supposed to do. To See, team, that's, Cuervo, that's, remember, remember what we talk about the Steelers. We talk about a team, not not just. We, we, I mean, out of all the teams in the NFL, okay, Cuervo, I think the one team that epitomizes the word team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what I when I say that I mean show more team spirit, show what it's about. Don't don't hold out. Don't come back in week number three and then finally come back after all this nonsense. Why don't you get there? Why don't you play? Why don't you be a team player? Why don't you be about what we're about, which is the team? Now, granted, listen, I think that's a football team that needs a new head coach. I'm, I, I'll say it all day long that Mike Tomlin is a problem. They need to get there. But I know why he's loved, and I get why he's loved. I just don't think he's the right guy. That's the reason why I don't think I see him in the Super Bowl or past the second week of the playoffs. But um, the simple fact of the matter is it's still about team. And those two guys that are out there now weren't about team. They were about I. Again, they say there's no I in team, and that's a classic example of the reason why. And they wanted Bell. They wanted Antonio Brown to be more about team, and they just refused to be that guy. And that's where Pittsburgh decides to go out of the way. In this case, when you think about what's going to go on here, right there, as far as these two contracts, you got the quarterback out of all teams that you're not taking care of. What the hell are you thinking? You, you want to piss off probably – remember, he's number six as the quarterback of all time. Number six, and you want to piss him off? Don't even give him an opportunity to piss him off. Give him his money and stop with this nonsense because guess what? Who else are you going to get at quarterback if you're the, if you're the Chargers, Cuervo? Yeah, and, and I get what you're saying, Sonny, but I, and here's another thing that has changed. You know, you know yeah, I, I think you should be about the team, but I don't think it should have to be brought up during the contract negotiation. Like, it, it should just be something that you do. For some guys, right. that's just not the case. And, yep. you know, and, and not everybody's going to be that way. And and that's that's okay. Um, you know, everybody's different. But to bring that up during a contract negotiation, I don't think is really the right time to do that because what that tells me is that is – that is something that the Steelers use to try and buy some time to actually yeah. pay Le'Veon Bell. Saying that, oh, you need to be more of a team player, that, to me that's code for, oh, uh, we want to try and get another cheap year out of you before we, tr- before we decide we're going to fully commit to you. Uh, we, want, we want another monster year from you for as cheap as we can possibly get it. And, and that's what the Steelers tried to do. And Le'Veon Bell kudos to him, said, no, screw that. You're not getting another cheap year out of me. And, I, and, and, now, and now you're seeing that down in Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott, whether people want to realize it or not. For all you locals out there listening, look, I, I hate to break it to you, but Zeke Elliott is and then I, not he's not doing himself any favors, Sonny. He's not doing himself any favors. He, he's not making good. mistakes off the field. Uh, I agree. Let me tell you. Before a team that stood past him when they should have just cut his ass a long time ago. That's not going to happen. 
Zeke Zeke is no, too good not, of a player that they're they're just gonna yeah, they're just gonna cut happen. him. I know how unreasonable that sounded too, by the way. <laughs> but but and, and it's surprising that Jerry Jones would be a guy to try and 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 get another Pro Bowl year out of Zeke Elliott for five hundred or for you know two million bucks or whatever his salary is right now. Um, he's been doing that for years though. And the last time he did it, he really regretted it. I forget the dude's name. He signed this dude, and he was good, uh, and and he was and he, he was a Jerry Jones boy. I forget who it was, but they, then they signed him to a contract that was huge, and they got nothing from him. And I think Jerry Jones learned a big, big thing because after that, um, he went to rookie wide uh, running backs, and they grabbed him up and ran him to death, and just got rid of him after the rookie contract was up. This is a little bit different. This is Zeke Elliott, and he is the guy. He is, but but Jerry Jones. I, I honestly believe Jerry Jones does not think, you know, running backs are worth this kind of money and he isn't going to pay it out. He's going to do it his way. Uh, he's going to practice and go, go ahead. Don't, it, it, I'll just save the money in my pocket. You know, we're going to find you. You're not going to get paid. Jerry Jones is not going to budge on this because he's shown that he knows how to go ahead and uh, either, A, get another rookie running back, use him up and spit him out, or go get a uh, retread and go ahead and use them up and spit them out. But a running back is never going to win the argument with Jerry Jones, I don't think. That's that's personal opinion. I might be wrong, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess we have to see what happens, how it all plays out, Sonny. But, uh, you know, that, that's – and my point is you got to be careful. Um, I'm not saying give in to what the player wants. But I think teams could make a little more effort to meet meet them halfway, or, or, or I guess kind of uh, you know just negotiate a little bit better. Uh, I I don't think yeah. I think teams are just so so into like getting for as cheap as possible that they're not they don't realize the whole market and, and the value that these guys especially superstars, what they bring. And, and so it's, it's, that's what makes being a GM so difficult is, yes, really knowing what your guys are worth, not really necessarily worrying about what everyone else is worth. Uh, and I think that's a mistake that GMs make too is, you know, they're, they're so worried about what everybody else is worth that they forget about what their own players are worth. And then when it comes to the contract negotiations, they're always comparing well, you're not you're not Le'Veon Bell, you're not uh, Todd Gurley, you're not this person, you're not. Yeah, I'm Ezekiel yeah. Freaking Elliott. Yeah, I know I'm not those guys, and this is what I've done. So that's I think that's a mistake that GMs make is they're so caught up in what everyone else is doing that they forget what their own guy is doing, and and that's why you have so many breakdowns in in, in contract negotiations because. I think guys get turned off by how they they constantly get compared to everyone else when that's not what it should be about. Oh, I hear the button. And Uh-oh. just and just and just as we're speaking about it, Cuervo, the Cowboys have and this is news of 30 minutes ago. The Cowboys have offered out. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, a contract extension, 
Now the question will be, and this was just done 30 minutes ago, whether or not Zeke Elliott will go for it. Just to give you the quick update that just came across my screen. Well, good for them. And, and that's exactly yeah. uh, what, uh, what it should be. At Cuervo, it's gonna be it's it's gonna it's gonna be a bad offer <laughs> just because I know Jerry Jones. It's gonna be a bad offer, and it, and Zeke Elliott is, is it, not gonna be in Tampa anytime soon. Is it slapping the face of Zeke though? It, it, is it, 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 is it, it, is it I think this is it's a bitch slap exactly, Cuervo. I think this is gonna be a bitch slap, and and what it is, it's gonna be a come to Jesus. It's gonna be I'm Jerry Jones. I own the Dallas yeah, Cowboys. We'll do it my way. Offer that is so messed up though. I mean, that's really messed I, up. That's I mean, Jerry Jones. When when has he changed that? When has he ever changed that? Stephen Jones hasn't been able to get Jerry Jones off of that nonsense for the years and years and years. Which, by the way, who are they going to fire? They're not going to fire the quote unquote general manager, which is Stephen Jones. It's his son, for God's sake. So it doesn't matter. But Jerry Jones is the one behind Ezekiel Elliott because when things happen that way, Jerry Jones likes to get involved with it, and it will. It'll be a this is my offer. Basically, it'll be a take it or leave it kind of thing, I think, I believe. And, and I don't know the specifics of the contract. We'll probably get that later on today, but, but that's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. But the Chargers, you got in second place. I have moved that's the right. Chargers to third place. That leaves only two teams, Cuervo. That only leaves two teams in the AFC West. So, Cuervo, I'm going to go to the team that you say that is in last place because I know you. (laughs) Uh And then I will reveal where I have the team that Cuervo has in last place uh, after we're done talking about it. So, let's do that. So, go go to your team that's in last place, Cuervo. Talk a little bit about your team in last place. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, I got the Denver Broncos finishing last. You do? Um, you do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Denver's yeah, going to finish last. Um, I mean, there's, there's there's not really much to say about them, Sonny. I mean, they, they went older at the quarterback position. Um, a lot more experience. He's got a ring. But, uh, you know, the, the problem with Denver is that he really doesn't have anyone to throw the football to. I like Emmanuel Sanders. Cortland Sutton's a guy that could come up and wind up being, a, a, you know, a, a red zone type threat. I mean, you know more about him than I do. but I do. Uh, you know, he's a, he's, he is a big target from, from what I remember. Um, yep. And that's a guy that, you know, could – potentially be a red zone guy for them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, defensively, obviously, you can't say enough about Von Miller. I mean, that's, I mean mm-hmm. the, guy's, the guy's a stud, and he's going to have another big year. Problem, though, is from what I can remember, they really haven't made any moves in the offseason, Denver, at least not, uh, not on the defensive side. So that's why I, I – I don't really have much love for the Broncos, other than they they picked up Joe Flacco, which I still think he can do some good, you yeah. know, for a team. And but the thing that sucks is that there's not really anyone to throw the football to. Philip Lindsay's a good running back. I think he's going to be solid for them. Uh, he's he's a very you know dual dual threat type guy. Can make a lot of Pro plays. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, potentially he can be a pro bowler for sure. Uh, no, he he was one last year as an unrestricted uh, rookie or, or undrafted rookie. That that that's how yeah. Good so he is. I mean, so that right there alone tells you that they've got they've got something with him. They've got something with Lindsey, and and that's what they knew. The you know you build off of that, and and you know if if Elway does it right, Sonny, the, the, the Broncos will be back in two to three years. You know they they can get back to being a, a playoff contender, but right now. I still think that they gotta they gotta continue to build and and uh, you know find find the right pieces uh, for that team in, in Denver. The the Denver Broncos probably and I was looking at it and and yes I, I see what you're saying I see a lot of what you're saying because you know I've heard some people say you know allude to what you were talking about and there were some things that I was looking at and. It's just one of those things where where I go, I think Vaughn Miller, okay? I was just looking at the numbers, Cuervo. In the last eight years, Vaughn Miller has an incredible 98 sacks, okay? And those that are counting, that's about 14 sacks a year uh, in that time. Those are crazy numbers, and he's probably in the last three. Yeah, well, well. Sonny, well, hold three on years. I don't mean to cut you off. I, I, I need Ted Koppel right now. I've got some breaking well, news. Well, hold on. I have it right here, so let's do it. Go go with it, Cuervo. All right, so it's not AFC or NFC West related, but we did talk Bye. about them last week in the AFC North. Breaking Uh-oh. news, and, and, and the only I guess the only good thing is the fact that it's only July, but, Sonny, the Cincinnati Bengals, are expecting to lose wide receiver A.J. Green for six to eight weeks with torn yeah. ligaments in his ankle. He was carted off Oh, the field. so that is what it was. Um, now, the at the beginning of the show, Cuervo, I talked about this. And what I said at the beginning of the show, of course, you weren't here. You were, you were tardy, high and tight, trying to get those clippers out of your hair. I said, they cannot afford to lose A.J. Green because it's going to, first of all, screw up my predictions. And second of all, the team can't afford it. And But I missed on it. What I said is I hope it, it was first reported as a, as a twisted ankle. What I elaborated on was is I hope it's not a high ankle sprain. Because a high ankle sprain is six to eight weeks. And the reason why that it, the high ankle sprain is the problem, Cuervo, is because that's where the ligaments get involved with it. And I was right on when I said it at the beginning of the show. I did not re- – first of all, I did not realize they went out and called it. So that must have just rolled across your screen. It did. It just popped up uh, about three, four minutes ago. And so, yeah, yeah so, so Sonny, he's going to be – he's going to miss the first month of the season. Um, but then he'll be back after that, so – well, that, think about this, though, Cuervo. For the Bengals. Think about this, what it, it, which is a good thing. Like you said, it's July. Too bad it didn't happen early in July, but it's July. And now getting through the – listen, A.J. Green does not need preseason games. So that – that they got no. the luxury that they – and if they do it – and the Bengals – the Bengals need to hope. And, 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 and I don't think it's anything that you could really depend upon. But the, the Bengals better hope they can get them back by week number three 
Um, and the reason why I say week number three, Cuervo, is, is because that's at the beginning of a season. Again, you're missing, you're missing the preseason games that don't count for anything. But week number three is the time that they play the Buffalo Bills to where they can get a week to get ready for the Pittsburgh Steelers because really no one cares about Buffalo. They should be able to win that game without A.J. Green if they're playing well. Um, but if they have A.J. Green in there, just using him as a decoy, a red herring, uh, he could be ready to get, that, get out on the football field, do football moves before the Pittsburgh Steelers in week number four for them. So that's all important. Not only do they have the six weeks square, but they actually got two more weeks in reality after that before it is really, really necessary. They, but they got, they got two tough weeks to start off with. They have Seattle, they have the San Francisco 49ers before they get the break that are the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and that, and that is a break because, um, you know, we don't really expect much out of Buffalo. So. Wow. That is, that's a yeah, tough that's, injury right there, Cuervo. It is. It is. Torn ligaments in the ankle. I know what that's like. Cause I, that's happened yeah, you do. As a matter of fact, that's how I met you. <laughs> That's right. If you didn't have torn no. ligaments in your leg, I would not know uh, Cuervo. I, just in case anybody knows, I met him in Vegas, yes, but he was on crutches because of what, Cuervo? Uh, so I I, uh, I fell about 10 to 12 feet uh, during some training, and I fractured my left ankle, and it tore the ligaments. So, you know, the, the big bone on the outside of your on the, of your foot on your ankle, Mm-hmm. That bone mm-hmm. uh, broke, it, it, it fractured it, and then so all the ligaments that attached the bone uh, were all were all torn. So my my ankle was shattered, and I was on crutches for three months. And how long were you down just for just for sake there? Um, well, I had to go through therapy, physical therapy. Uh, it happened in March of that year, so it was right after. Right after I met you, it happened. Um, no, before. You were on crutches. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it happened in the month of March, if I remember right. I didn't get off of crutches. I think it was June or July. Yeah, it was about three or four yeah. months I was on crutches. Three or four months. So that's like 12 weeks for you. Now, now, would you say that the NFL trainers have better equipment and things than, than the Absolutely. Marines and – yeah, that's what, and that's not a cut down. That's just that they're they're willing to spend the thousands of dollars when our government won't do it for you guys. But that's another story for that's another right. day. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's the truth, but, though. You know, it's the truth, Sonny. Yep, it's it, sometimes the truth hurts. You know, we love our NFL players before we love our land of liberty men. That's what I call you guys anyway. But uh, it is what it is. By the way, back to what we were talking about before the Ted Koppel came on. Back to the Broncos. That's been a lot of thinking about what was going on because obviously you have the Kansas City Chiefs winning this division. And I, you know, and I, you know, when I first sat down, when we said we got to start doing this, I was like, well, you know, Kansas City, you know, they, you know the Chargers. But there, there have been some changes that maybe that people. Cuervo, um, I, I'll, I'll just ask you this question. They have a new head coach. What's his name? Uh, the Broncos, I want to say Vance Joseph is his name. No. Your defensive coach. Oh, from damn it. Last... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Vic Fangio. Yeah. Vic Fangio. 
Yeah. By the way, which, by the way, right move. And I'm going to tell you the reason why. Because I, I've got this figured out. Okay, they got him. So that was huge, okay? And, and obviously they got a quarterback. And listen, understand uh, something about Joe Flacco within his first six years. I know he's a veteran and everything. But this, this move reminds me of the Peyton Manning thing, it, which tells me that you don't have to be great. You just need to be good. I mean, because no offense against Peyton Manning, at the time he was in Denver, he wasn't great, right? Whatever, we can agree on that, right? Sonny, well, sorry about that. I'm vacuuming in my car. No, Peyton Manning was always great, Sonny. You don't, don't you can't ask me that question and not expect. Why not? Why, why, why like can't that? you? Why can't you admit that Peyton Manning, when he went over to to Denver, wasn't great? He was good at that portion of his career. He wasn't great. Sonny, he was good. Sonny, he he broke every passing record as a Bronco. 55 touchdowns, 50 whatever hundred yards it was. Like he yeah, but did he make it to the Super Bowl record. that year? Cuervo, did they he did. make it to the Super they Bowl did. that year? They lost, but they did make it to the Super Bowl. Yes, they did. Okay. All right. That All right. was the year they, they lost to Seattle. Okay. And then next year they won it, right? Uh, the, uh, the year after is when they finally year after. Okay. Very right. good. All right. So. All right, so that hasn't been said. All right, maybe he was good the first year, but the last two not. So, so it, it, you just thanks, thanks for just throwing a freaking brick in the middle of my thing, but that's okay. But he's good. He's not great, Joe Flacco. And, and but you also got to remember the first six years he took his team to the playoffs every year for the first six years as he was there. Now he's a veteran. He's on a different football team. But what did he have? The same thing kind of thing going on over there it was great defense over in Baltimore before uh, before he went over to the thing. Now, and the same thing with Peyton Manning, you know, but he actually had a defense. So now they move over there, but they also on the offensive side, they get Mike Munchak. Okay, and you can say whatever you want about him. If you don't know, he's from Pittsburgh, offensive coordinator, head coach, Mike Munchak. I think this was a big, big move for them in reality, Cuervo. This was a huge move for the Broncos to do what, you know, your quarterback can do best. Because let's be – I'm going to tell you the reason why. They're not – like you said, Emmanuel Sanders, he's a two on most teams, okay? They're not expecting Joe Flacco to throw that. They're expecting this defense to be it. And and uh, the difference between you and me on what I, I look at their defense, I'm going, they, they they might quite possibly have one of the best defenses because they got the, they got their new head coach. That philosophy that they have coming from Chicago, Cuervo, that, that, that defense was all about let's get the ball, right, Cuervo? Let's get the ball. If we can get one takeover a game, we're going to win a game. And that's – take away, and we're going to win a game. That's what they were thinking, Cuervo. And, and you say whatever you want. They have Chris Harris back there. Not only that, they grabbed up your boy Kareem Jackson out of there. Uh, or, I mean, uh, Brant, uh, Bryce uh, Callahan from Chicago. They did get Kareem Jackson um, at safety uh, as well. And you say whatever you want. That's still Vaughn Miller with those 98 sacks that were there doing what they were doing as well. You know, about 14, you know, and then you got Chubb. Let's not forget, they. this is the football team that got Chubb. Remember, we were talking about how great these guys. So the combination of those two guys, what they are doing, Cuervo, is what they're, I think they're doing is I think they're building a defense to 
understandably know that they don't have the quarterback of the rest of the, their franchise quarterback for the next 20, uh, 10, 10 years, okay? But you got to be able to do something with the Von Miller because he's not getting any younger. He's still a stud, but he's not getting any younger. But the right coach came to this right team for Von Miller. And I think the, the, the idea of this team is to get better or best at defense, and then you'll be able to do something. Again, you talked about Philip Lindsay. They call him the Colorado kid for nothing. Uh, he got hurt with the wrist, and he was out. But not only that, Cuervo, think about the, some of the things they got. They got Rolls-Royce Rolls Freeman backing them up. I call him Rolls-Royce, but it's Royce Freeman. And then Devontae Booker. Um, so they got not just a one-two punch. They got a one-two-three punch at the running back position that I really like. Um, and, and not only that, I think the team chemistry and the atmosphere is understanding that all three of these guys are going to get touches on the ball. And then it's going to go, who's going to be doing best for that game in order for them to sustain to try to get a win? Now, when I was thinking about this situation and where I was going to put the Broncos, now you've got them in last, and obviously I have them on first or second. Then I had to kind of square this off, and I had to think about what was going on with the football team. And I looked at their schedule, Cuervo, and until week five, besides week two, they get Chicago week number two. But I think by week number five, this team could be four and one. They have the Oakland Raiders and the Green Bay Packers. I think they can beat them. That defense, I think, can beat Green Bay. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm not even going to do anything. But that game's at home for the the, uh, Broncos against Jacksonville. And that is before they get to the Chargers, which they may or may not lose. That's going to be a dogfight. But after that, they have Tennessee, and then they got the dogfight with Kansas City. But – by week number nine, I think this team could be six and three and primed to move into that the to winning this division. And the reason why is because their schedule sets up for it. If you take away the Minnesota Vikings, Cuervo, and the uh, the Chargers again, they have they have you know cream puffs going from there. They have Buffalo. They have well Houston. I don't know if it's a cream puff. But I, I'm just not trusting that. But, uh, of course, they, I can't say. But Detroit and Oakland, I think you can you can honestly look at this football team if they go defense the way I think they are. They wouldn't got Vangio for a reason, knowing that they'll probably get um, Flacco. Their offense isn't going to be great. But when you've got a defense as good as that, all you got to do is look at a couple of the teams that were there, obviously, where Flacco came from with the defense. They don't have to be, you know, big-time numbers being put up by Joe Flacco. They've got a great defense. Their defense, I think, is going to turn this team around. I have the Denver Broncos winning this division. And, and maybe, maybe not. But I think they're capable because it's going to be a total different philosophy, more so than John Elway, why can't you go get a quarterback that can throw downfield and make big plays? It's not going to be about that, Cuervo. It's going to be about we're going to see a second version of one quarterback that just had his leg ripped off out on the football field. And you know who I'm talking about, okay? This is not going to be the Joe Flacco show, Cuervo, going down the field like he used to in Baltimore. You're going to see this guy 
passing and seeing what his receivers can do. And even out of the backfield, Cuervo, using his guys out of the backfield, I think you were going to see a lot of that on second and third down because Lindsey is a badass as well out of the backfield. Now, that also being said, Cuervo, it's not a disrespect for Kansas City, but here's one thing when I look at Kansas City is as I see what everybody else sees. I'm not completely blind to it, but defensive coordinators, Cuervo, they have a way of finding a way to get the job done if they got enough where they can look at you and you go, this is what's going to happen. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a badass, Cuervo. There is no question about it, and I don't even mean to disrespect him, but give me a defensive coordinator. I've said it on this show many times. Give me a defensive coordinator with enough film to make adjustments. Now, you know, whether or not you think Kansas City can get it done, I, I, I think Kansas City could get it done, but I think they're going to be in a dogfight with Denver, but they're going to be two total different teams. When you look at the, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs are, are a passing offense, a moving the ball down the field, but where they lack, where though, and is, is the big one is the defense as far as that team is concerned, because you can't depend upon Patrick Mahomes having to throw for five or six touchdowns a game to get you a win. When I looked at the defense on Kansas City, um, they need they need to play better. And they lost Ford, by the way, and that was a big loss for them, I think. So, you know, I, I think Kansas City and the Chiefs, all these teams except Oakland are going to be fighting for it. But something tells me about the changes at the top, starting with the head coach with Vangio, then they get the uh, new offensive coordinator, Munchak. They're going in the right direction for a team that is just a steady team that can slowly move the ball methodically down the field and don't have to score 30 points to win a football game. So that's the reason why I kind of switched it and moved the Denver Broncos to actually win this division over Kansas City, over the Chargers. And another reason just within that is this, it, it's a new flavor. This is new. When you talk Kansas City and you talk the Chargers, that's not new. That's stuff we've seen before. And I think this newness coming from the reason why. They say defense wins championships, Cuervo. But you, so guess what? Defense will get you to the playoffs, too. That's what that means, at least, right, Cuervo? So I think defensively, I think the Broncos will have one of the best defenses in the NFL with Chris Harris and all those other dudes that I was talking about. Not only that, they did get a nice guard in Dalton Reiser, uh, uh, Reisner out there and also a tight end, um, Noah well, hold on. Noah Fant, that's who it was. I can't. I don't have my glasses on, but now I know who it was. Yeah, Noah Fant. Uh, so they got a new uh, red zone uh, target for uh, Joe Flacco. So that's kind of what I was looking at when I seen how the AFC West wraps up. So I guess I'm ready to say I'm ready to take my beating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They're coming, Sonny. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I, 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 get, I see what you're saying. I mean, a lot of people are so hyped up on the Chiefs that normally when that happens and, and the team gets so hyped up, that's why last year I didn't pick the Rams to win the division because they got so much hype and so much attention. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, when teams get hyped like that, something, something happens, and it prevents them from showing their full potential. Well, that didn't happen last year with the Rams. Everyone, right. for the most part, stayed healthy. Uh, the only one that really got hurt was uh, Cooper Cup, but that was towards the end of the season. So, yeah. Uh, but 
for the most part, you know, the Rams, uh, they lived up to the expectation. And yes, uh, that's why I didn't pick them to win last year. I, I figured they were going to, but I didn't want to actually jinx it, I guess you could say. But um, but I guess that's why you've got the Chiefs finishing second, is just because of all the hype that they're getting. And you're not buying right. into it. And then I get that. Um, but for, to pick the Denver Broncos, that is that. I mean, that's the revelation of revelations. Like, yes, I knew it was. I told you it was big. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thought crossed my mind. I was like, no, nah, there's no way. There's no way he's actually going to pick the Broncos to win this division. Well, as always, Sonny, you proved me wrong. So. Hey, hey, I, listen, I, I can't do that. But I'll, I'll tell you, it was interesting. We were talking about this before, Cuervo, and one of my biggest complaints about the Denver Broncos is is that, you know, John Ellie was always having or trying to one-up him. You know what I'm saying? You know, not going mm-hmm. I and mean, trying to get the guy maybe not as good as he was, but better than he was. He was always out there trying to find that guy, Cuervo, when they signed Joe Flacco, I said, wait a minute. I took a step back. I don't know if you remember. I took a step back and I said, wait a minute. Joe Flacco? Because I wanted Flacco over with my Jag. That's where I wanted Flacco. Um, so when they took the seven, I was like, wait a second. You know, Flacco's good, but he's no John Elway. Okay, but there's a Super Bowl ring there. There's another Super Bowl appearance, if I'm not mistaken. I thought they were in the AFC Championship. I know there was at least yeah. that. Yeah, so, it's only one Super Bowl. So, yeah, one Super Bowl, and then the NFC Championship. So, like, wait a second. But, wait a second. But Flacco's not any slouch. He's not John Elway, you know, but he can get the job done. So, you know, when I, when I was thinking about this, like, and then they started shoring up this defense, and the reason why they did it is because they got a defensive coach. And it just reminded me of Baltimore. It just reminded me of the Chicago Bears, obviously, Monsters of the Midway, making those moves. The Tampa Bay, you know, the good defense, and you don't need the great quarterback to do well in order to play in the NFL. This is what it reminded me of. Man, I, I got in a time machine and went back to those games and thinking about why did they get this guy the head coach? Because let's be honest, Joe Flacco doesn't have to throw for 300 or 400 yards a game to get the victory, especially if the defense is high and tight. If that defense is badass, which I think the Denver Broncos, I mean, I think Chris Harris, I I think he might be the most underrated guy on the defensive side of the ball uh, in the NFL. I really do. I think there's something about that guy. And then you throw in Von Miller. But I'm going to tell you that the the one that that, that got me is that Blanchio went ahead and took Callahan with him. Now, when you thought Chicago Bears football, Cuervo, did you think Callahan? Something tells me, Cuervo, that there's something about this guy that no one knew about except Blanchio, and that's the reason I grabbed him because – you know, I like Bryce Callahan, but I didn't think he was anything to write home to Mama about. Now that they went up and grabbed well, him up, I'm wondering what I'm missing. Well, I, Callahan Callahan brings more to the table than just being a slot corner, Sonny. Now he's very good at doing that. Uh, right. He's also a very good special teams player too, and I think that's what Fangio likes about him a lot is that he's versatile. Versatility. Special teams. Yeah, he's versatile, and you can throw him in the special teams situation, 
Um, hell, he might even return some, you know, every now and then for them. So um, that that's that's why I think that's why he's a big fan of Callahan's just because of the different ways he can be used. Yeah. Chubb, by the way, just to let everybody know, Von Miller and Chubb last year, 26 and a half sacks, six fumbles. That's badass. And uh, and here's here's the thing. Just think about this really quick. The the offensive ranks for the for the Buffalo Bills last year, points per game, they were 24th. Flacco helped that regardless. Whatever, and, and even how great you know, whether you think he's good, bad, or indifferent they will get a move up on that because they might score more points because believe me, those points weren't there. Um, now total yards for, uh, per game, they were 19th. They they can improve there. They're rushing. They're, they were 12th in rushing. I think they'll even improve in that spot. Then pass per game, they were 19th. Those are numbers that are very easily, if you have a Joe Flacco can move up and, and I'm not talking about moving up to number one or two, wherever I'm talking moving up to number 10. Okay, and, and that makes big turns in the offense as well. They gave away the ball 18 times. Now, that is the thing about Joe Flacco that worries me because sometimes that guy could be a turnover machine, Cuervo, and, and that, that hurts. And I think they'll still stay the same on the big plays. They are ranked 11. So if they can keep the giveaways, you know, if they can move up, a, you know, to 10th on that, that ranking, uh, that helps them as well. But Flacco, that's the only thing I worry about Flacco is sometimes he'll throw a bad pass at the wrong time. So if they can keep that under control, Cuervo, I think the Denver Broncos, you know, is they'll say, those uh, 80s song says their future is so bright they got to wear shades, but I think it's because of the defense. And I go back to those defensive teams, you know, that we were talking about. I, I think they could be that good. Are you saying? Are you saying like Orange Crush good, Freddie? The Orange Why Crush not? is back. I think. I think. That, I think they got the personnel to do it, and I think they got the right quarterback to be the Orange Crush. Because now, even though Elway was the quarterback of the Orange Crush at that time. Okay, yeah. if you remember correctly, if you remember correctly, John Elway wasn't winning Super Bowls with the Orange Crush, if you remember correctly. Okay, he did not win a that, Super Bowl with them. Absolutely. Exactly. They went to a couple. Exactly. But they didn't I'm just win. talking about getting to the playoffs, baby, and, and I think they can do it. I, yeah, so, yes, mm-hmm. I think they can be the Orange Crush because when they made the Super Bowl and everything else like that, you know, they, they had Elway playing very well at that time. So, I, 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 and Elway wasn't playing great. He was playing good, but I think towards the end of Elway's career is where he really stood above everybody. Um, I think Flacco is different. I think he's maybe seen his heyday, but I think he's a game manager, Cuervo. And if he does need to get the ball downfield, he, he can get the ball down there. But I don't think they're going to depend upon that. I think he's going to be another captain check, count, uh, check down guy. And I think it will work for the Denver Broncos because after – what do they say, Cuervo, in the NFL? After four seconds that the quarterback has the ball, he's either going to do one of two things. He's either A, going to make a huge play because someone's going to get open during that time. It's just the law of averages. Or B, Flacco knows when to throw the football away, but he also knows how to throw an interception. So I think there might be an understanding before he walks in the door. Hey, you know, 
you're only 50. The the width of a football field is only 50 yards, and you're in the middle. So you got to at least whip that ball out of bounds 30, you know, and get down, you know, 30 yards down the field. So I, I see Flacco's interceptions going down and him being more productive on the offensive side um, at, at the quarterback position. So, 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 so you have Kansas City, the Chargers, Raiders, and Denver, and I have. Ex- almost exactly the op- opposite of that, but I got Denver, Kansas City, Chargers, and Raiders. So, should be an interesting division of football in the AFC West, Cuervo. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, I think it's definitely going to be one of the more competitive divisions, but uh, you know, I guess uh, one last thing on, on Flacco, I think you know, like you said, uh, uh, less interceptions, probably, probably less yards and all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over much either, uh, which is always what not. you want in your quarterback. You know, you right. don't want them to turn the ball over. So, um, because of the things that you mentioned, you know, he doesn't throw the. He doesn't uh, make bad choices. He knows when to throw the ball away. I think he still has a pretty strong arm. Uh, but, oh, he does. Uh, but you remember three years ago he was throwing interceptions all day long, and then the next year it didn't get much better. But last year he only threw six interceptions. But now, granted, he got hurt and he wasn't in there a lot. You remember they made the quarterback switch. But um, you know, he's still pre- he's still completing sixty four percent of his passes. Square ball. You know, th- there's something to be said about that as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, Sonny. That either one of us is going to well, one of us is going to look really smart, and the other one's not going to look so smart. Which is, yeah, which it's is, probably going to be know, me cool, because right? you're the MVP, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't know, Sonny. I mean, uh, I, I I rarely get these predictions right, but I have such a good time doing it, you know, and I think yep. that's why we continue to do it every year. It's just a lot of fun to break this stuff down and, and, and talk about what we think is going to happen. And, you know, I mean, nobody knows the future. Let's get crazy. Trust, if I did, if, if I knew the future, Sonny, trust me, I'd, I would be your bookie, you would be my bookie, whatever the case may be, and we would be some wealthy dudes, let me tell you. Notice, notice how you say we wouldn't be on ESPN, we'd be bookies. I love it. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to let that – I'm not letting my secrets out. Only so many people know would, would know the secrets. So. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have a good time. It, it, it's, it's always fun this time of year, breaking these divisions down, talking about predictions yeah. and who we think is going to win and, you know, who's going to be the MVP, who's going to be head coach of the year, who's going to make it to the playoffs, Super Bowl, like all that stuff. Right. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Definitely. So we rolled through three hours, Cuervo. Um, you know, just just quick as we'll go a little bit into overtime, which we're already in. Do you have a minute? Yo, yo, Cuervo, do you have a I minute? Do. I do, Sonny. Okay. I do. All right. So there's the, there's the report. You got it live, and it's right up on top of the page that I was looking at. You know, so, by the way, before we go, okay, It's not a loss on me, but it is a loss on me. Tyreek Hill, we didn't talk about it very much, but just just to let everybody know that Sonny recognizes who Tyreek Hill is, okay, just so that you know, 
but I'm just wondering about that as well up on there. But uh, Tyreek Hill um, led the league in touchdowns and total yards from his position. Uh, just to let everybody know, uh, huge stuff there. And I also haven't forgot about Patrick Mahomes, okay? 50 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions. So I get that. Um, and I was listening. I don't know if you were listening. I, I just had the occasion on, uh, I think it was Tuesday. Um, I was driving into work real early, and I was listening to, you know, I wonder how much the drastic change. And what I mean by drastic, I guess there's 11 or 12 touchdown passes. How much that will affect Patrick Mahomes as far as instead of getting W's, they get L's. Because let's be honest, square vote, that, that – that Kansas City Chief defense, I think, needs a needs a huge upgrade because you can't expect Patrick Mahomes to have to throw five or six touchdowns a game in order to win a football game. You just can't and, and be Super Bowl contenders, I think. Well, Sonny, I know I heard you mention earlier, you know, that they lost D Ford and and uh, you know, that was a big yeah. loss for them. Uh but for those who forgot, um, they actually did make a trade and if you remember they picked up Frank Clark from the Seattle Seahawks. So um, I think, you know, if anything, I think they got better. I think it's an upgrade to go from D4 to Frank Clark because Frank Clark is a guy who's going to get you double-digit sack. Now, what does hurt Kansas City is losing a guy like a Justin Houston and yeah. uh, losing a guy like Eric Berry. I mean, you know, Eric Berry's got a soft place in, in, you know, for me, Sonny. You so, do because I think uh, he's overrated based upon your opinion of him. If, if that's the if that's the consensus, I'm sorry. I think Eric Berry has always been overrated, even before he was diagnosed with his illness. Um. Well, I mean, I guess uh, we agree to disagree then. But uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> Eric Berry being being a Tennessee guy, he's got uh, some bad love for Eric Berry. So. Love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, when Eric Berry's healthy, uh, you got. I mean, I think I think we can all agree that he's one of the best safeties in the game. But, but I think that's that's you know that's his biggest knock. I mean, obviously his health um, is what keeps him from being a consistent uh, top safety in the NFL. It's just his mm-hmm. uh, you know his health, and, and, and it's, really it's it sucks. But that's. That's the problem with him is that he just can't stay healthy a lot of times. And, um, you know, he—I mean—he did get a chance to play in the AFC Championship game last year, but I don't know if it helped them or it hurt them when it came to winning that football game. Yep. Yep. Or by the way, I should say. By the way, I, I'm just going to hit the button because I don't have anything. Is it, we missed this in May, Quavo. And I don't know how we missed it. I mean, this was such a huge story, and it just went way over both of our heads, Squareville. Back in May, I think it was May 12th, in case anybody didn't know it, A.J. Manuel retired from the NFL. The big, one of those big, big stories we missed. (laughs) Oh, geez. Sonny, how did we miss that one? That had to have been all I don't know. I mean, it's such a big story right there. Yeah, totally missed that one. I must have been living in totally a Totally missed that one. I, 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 you know, yeah, th- that that will affect the NFL for years to come. <laughs> that's right. That is absolutely uh, right, man. I, I, yeah, so, 
Yeah, I, I saw that. And I was I was looking. I was I was actually looking for something else at the time. I was looking for it, and I was like, wait a second, what's this? And what it was. By the way, RG three uh, thumb. Thumb injury is going to miss a couple weeks. Don't matter. But, yeah. but I, I will tell you this, Cuervo. Cuervo, you know, I, I may bash on the, the Ravens right now because I don't like their quarterback. But if you're going to go that route, Cuervo, was there any other quarterback to back him up that, you know, more more so than RG3? I mean, that was the right pick, right? I mean, you got the offense going the way it's going, so you might as well back it up if you have to with the same kind of guy, right? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if having the same type of quarterback for your starter and backup is, is the best method to use. Um, but you know, like you mentioned, that's basically what the Ravens are doing is they've got two of the same quarterback, you know, starting and backing up. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it really if it benefits you in any way because you don't see things from different points of view or, or see how certain things can be done if you don't have different style quarterbacks. So, um, you know, I, th- I think that's what's going to hurt Baltimore this year a little bit is just they feel like they have to stick to a certain strategy or a certain scheme offensively because of the fact that they only have those mobile-type quarterbacks, you know, Lamar Jackson and RG3. So, right. I don't know. I don't think I, – I think it, 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 holds, it holds you back from bringing out the best in your offense. I agree. Big time stuff. By the way, uh, Washington Redskins offensive lineman Trent Williams uh, did not report. Um, so, you know that that I like him. Why why do I like Trent R- Williams? Where do you remember why I like him so much? Oh uh, yeah, I know why. <laughs> yeah, I know why. Yeah, I know exactly why. <laughs> Punching old Richard Sherman right in the mouth. It was great. Yeah, he was the I only mean, one that ever did he it. He for it. Love him. He asked for it, and, and he, he yeah, called he him did. out. And he called he, him out, so he did it. Bluff, honey, and Sherman called his bluff, and, and it backfired on him. I love it. I, I love it. It was great. So um, that one, and uh, just some other, just by, by the way, in case you didn't know it, McVeigh, uh, Sean McVay, of course, he's the head coach of the Rams, along with Les Snead, mm-hmm. got um, contract extensions to 2023. Think they're pretty happy with what they got going on there? Uh, they better be because, yeah, I mean, you don't want to let either one of those guys go. I don't think so. They'll, now, they'll now, Les Snead, uh, uh, on one hand, almost got his ass you know, out of there really quick. I mean, you know, he, he was able to survive the Jeff Fisher days, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, that, that was a good thing for him, uh, you know, to get what they had. You also got to remember, he got the top three guys. I mean, he got Goff, he got uh, uh, Todd Gurley, and he also got the defensive guy. What's his name? Slip my mind. Anyway, uh, badass on defense. Aaron Donald. The ball. So you get, thank you, that Donald. I couldn't remember. So he got a nice one, two, three. That's what really kind of secured his job. Uh, until them, as far as that's concerned. Now, that being said, here's some good news for the Texans fans. 
DeAndre Hopkins was taken off the pop list, and the reason why is because if he stayed on there any longer, he was going to be out the first six games of the season. They might get him back by week number three, so that's what they're hoping for for Hopkins based upon uh, uh, the, the injury there. And the big news, Cuervo, which is one of the reasons why I picked the Seattle Seahawks in reality to win this division, they kept their guy happy. Bobby Wagner signs the big deal, three-year contract. I think it was $54 million. I threw it away uh, to the side. But th- did you know that he, he didn't have a – an agent. He did it all himself. He says, I'll, I'll just take the 10% and keep that in my pocket. How about that? And not only that, he got paid like a superstar that he is. Well, I mean, like I said, Sonny, those are the guys that, that have earned those big paydays, you know, guys like Bobby Wagner. I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest fan of Bobby Wagner, but uh, I am, but I give credit where it's, I got, I got, some, I I I got a man crush on Bobby Wagner. I can tell. I can yep. tell you do. <laughs> and, that, and that's all right. I mean, again, this is that's a guy that produces big-time, you know, stats, and he's a defensive player of the year caliber dude every single season. Yep. So the fact that he hasn't won yet, or at least that, not that I remember, uh, is a little surprising. But I, I think his time is coming. Definitely. Um, also, just to, to, to throw some – news out there just to let everybody know there is nothing wrong with cam newton he missed the first day it was a scheduled day off you know so you know he had an appointment with his fashion designer so he can make sure that he showed up in the right suit for this first day when he gets there so he had that day set to the side so uh <laughs> what's up for that you mean uh, so he can look as ridiculous this. as he possibly could uh, maybe he got the pink suit tailored. I don't know, but it was a quote-unquote scheduled day off for him. Uh, so, um, you know, Tarvin, you know, uh, hopefully he'll be okay. He will not be on uh, uh, on the ledge there uh, regarding no Cam Newton at day number one. Not that it matters, but um, I'm still I'm still a believer, Cuervo. I'm still a believer. They need to uh, get some value for this guy. Trade him now. I, I, I mean, do you? Let me ask you this question, question Corey. Well, seriously, do you see Cam Newton being the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers in two years? Yes. Wow, you do. How yes. many more years do they want to lose with him at quarterback? I, I, maybe that's the question. Um. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just, I just think it's a situation where. The Panthers are committed to him. Honestly, I mean, they they want to relive that 2015 season when he won the MVP, and, and they're going yep. to do everything they can to get him to be that Cam again. So, I think that's why the, that's why I say that. Yeah, it's it's that yeah. Oh, hey, here's something. This is some. I, you know, your football players, by the way, as said before on this show, they are they are not the brightest bulbs in the package. Okay, you know, you listen, they're they're not all that bright. They got all the money, but they're not all that bright. Okay, all right, Golden uh-huh. Tate. Did you hear this story? I mean, this is not good yes. for the Giants. Yes. No, this not is at all. not good for. Not at no, all. It, it, terrible. It's bad enough you still have Eli Manning on there. Listen, Golden Tate isn't the greatest thing to come along since Fruit Punch, but he was adequate. 
Now they lose him. Now, uh, but see, this is the part that football players are stupid about. Okay, before you do anything that has drugs, hell, I take the ibuprofen to the to the doctor, the team doctor, and say, hey, is it okay for me to take this? Now. My understanding, I haven't really heard, but I heard that this was a fertility uh, planning for, for him. He, he, him and his wife want to have a kid, and he took some fertility mm-hmm. drugs, and there were things that were inside that, those drugs that are banned by the NFL. Are you buying that? I, I, I don't know why. Cuervo, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a kid. Maybe I don't have too many sentimental bones in my body, but for people who are struggling to have children, you know, I kind of feel bad. But here in this case, Cuervo, because it's the NFL and because of what is involved with it, I want proof that they were actually trying and failing to have children before I give this guy a break. I don't know. Part mm-hmm. I, I want to I want to give Golden Tate the break. I really do. Just but but I think he has to prove that they've been really in reality trying to get pregnant, which means going to the doctor, getting tested, and everything else. If he has all this stuff in line, Cuervo, this is guy's just an idiot. He should have went to his doctor and said, "Listen, we're trying to have a kid. This is what I'm taking," and he just didn't do it. He just took it because it was prescribed. It, you know, it, that's how dumb these guys are. When you're talking millions of dollars, I I wouldn't risk it. But you know, these guys have mm-hmm. minds of their own, I guess. I, you know, so parts of me wants to be the the sentimental dude saying this is a, a bad story. That's too bad. Uh, but he is just to let everybody know he is going ahead and appealing the four game suspension. But I'll tell you right now, he's got to be able to prove this with dates and everything. But I don't know. He's going to miss some games, and that's not good for the Giants because they're now that good in the first place. Now you lose Golden Tate. Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that's just one of the many problems that the Giants are having at wide receiver. Sterling Shepard, I think, had yeah. uh, suffered a pretty bad injury. So the Giants, you know, the Giants are off to a really, you know, a lot. It's pretty bad luck for them. I mean, Eli's going to be. I think he's going to struggle anyways, but now that the fact that he doesn't have his main targets to start the season off, um, I mean, that's Ingram right now. To replace the Odell Beckham, right? Right, Corvo? Yeah. Well, a lot of people are saying that Odell kind of put a hex on the New York Giants the way way things (laughs) turned out with them. So, (laughs) not like, hey, I mean, I mean – I mean, that could you know, happen honestly, to a though, better team. You know, yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and to, to an extent, I kind of buy that. I think karma is coming back to bite the Giants in the ass for the way they treated Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not saying you got to pamper the guy, but come on. He gave you some amazing seasons as a New York Giant, kept you in, in games. Uh, won some games for them. Like he made Eli look pretty good at times, and and, and then I agree. You know, you turn around, Cuervo, you did what you did. I so. completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And we've said it before on this show. You know, how many times have we said if they if he could ever hit Odell Beckham in stride, no one would catch him. But instead, he has to make those acrobatic catches because Eli Manning can't get him the ball in stride. And that, I, listen, I stand behind mm-hmm. that all day long. I watch these games, you know, 
and and it happened so much as happened in train camp. If you remember a couple of years back, they were talking about how great some of the catches he was making in, in training camp coming from Eli Manning because they couldn't hit him in stride. Okay, he had to make those circus catches that made ESPN. You remember that? Which, by the way, I wasn't impressed. Um, I, I guess maybe it's me. I don't know. I'm never impressed by spectacular catches in a preseason or training camp. Don't care because it meant nothing. So, I, I, you know, obviously what you say, Cuervo, they need something to talk about until the games actually kick off. So they got to really kind of push that there. But uh, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, I don't know. I, I, I believe in karma. I, I do. And I think this yep. is a situation where, where the Giants are, are getting what they deserve, especially that GM, that idiot GM over there. In, yeah. In, uh, yeah. In New York. That What's guy, his that name? Guy, what is his name? Um, uh, De- um, or something like that, I think. Dave Gettleman. That's it. Dave Gettleman. He so, is. Yeah, he that guy's. Like, he looks. Then he he just even looks sound, like a punk. That's why I don't like him like too. An idiot too. Have you ever heard <laughs> him talk? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, Sonny. And you know where I, I, I heard him stereotypical. talk? Yeah. I it, hate to be stereotypical, where, but I'm telling you. He sounds like a dude that is from New York. I mean, obviously, he's from New York. He's got the accent. Yeah. But he's like one of the Hate guys it. at the local bar complaining Hate about it. the Giants. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, he's one, he sounds like the dude at the local bar just complaining and bitching and com- moaning about the Giants. And somebody turns around and says, hey, want to be the GM of the New York Giants? Well, hell yeah, I do. And that, that's, <laughs> that's my feeling. Uh, on on him. That's what he sounds like when he speaks. Like yeah, the local dude it. in the at the local bar. Yeah. Oh, this is as soon as I get home, the first thing I'm gonna do is punch your mama in the mouth. I can't stand him. Yeah, pretty pretty can't, uh pretty accurate. Can't stand him. <laughs> can't stand him. I just see this just that talk. And by the way, he just sounded so stupid. Remember when they did the extension with Odell Beckham and they just get rid of him? I mean, just moves like that just make yeah. you want to strangle someone, right? I mean, you know, you, you, you put the money in the guy and then you get rid of him. Why did you even put the money in? Which, by the way, they didn't have any obligation right. to do. So if they were trying to get rid of him, you know, you know it, it would have been easier to get rid of him. You know, instead they signed that crazy contract. But, I, you know, I don't know. I, I that That whole thing. Yeah, the Giants need to do something about that because, listen, you can talk all day long, but if you can't go out and find a quarterback and you're the New York freaking Giants, remember, this is the number one media area in the country, okay, is the New York area, mm-hmm. especially in football with two teams right there. An argument could be with L.A. because the Chargers and, you know, the um, Rams are so good. But I, I think more of it, if you cannot find anybody in New York to go there and play quarterback – that tells you something strong with the team and where that comes from is the general manager, Cuervo, without question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I mean, not the not the smartest dude, so um Yeah. Yeah, I still say that I think I think it's karma coming back to them already. Not even not even August yet, and karma's already coming even back played to hit one the New real Giants. snap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're barely getting to training camp, and they're already getting screwed. Yeah. So, uh, so 
no Ezekiel Elliott. You know, big holdouts right now, right now, Cuervo. Big holdouts in the NFL, and Ezekiel Elliott is one. Um, you know, and, you know, within the NFL. So you also got a couple other guys that are trying to make a statement, Cuervo, Ezekiel Elliott being one. Um, uh, who else is holding now the, uh, the training camp right now? Some. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, he's holding out. He's. Do you think? Speaking of karma, Melvin Gordon. He. Be, I think this guy better shut up and report to camp, or it'll be like it'll be like Le'Veon Bell taking less money that he could have got with the with the uh, with the uh, Jets than he would have got with the Steelers. I mean, and, and, and I know Mel, Quervo, Okay, maybe I'm wrong. I know Melvin Gordon is good. I, I, I recognize it, but but is he is he irreplaceable? I mean, in reality, is, does he got that no. much talent in reality? See, no. that's what I was thinking. No. I was like, why is everybody losing any sleep over this guy? But evidently, they are. Well, I mean, look, I mean, he's he's definitely a cornerstone of of the the Chargers' offense. Uh, I, I don't think we're uh, we want to debate that. Uh, but is he? You know, is he a uh, is he a a, a Le'Ve- Well, I shouldn't even say Le'Veon Bell because he's on a new team this year now too. Is he a Todd yeah. Gurley? Is he a, a look? I'll even tell you. I, again, this might be the Tennessee loving me, but I'm gonna start putting Alvin Kamara in this conversations as a okay. guy that yeah. you might want to lock up for as long as you possibly can. You know what I mean? I agree. So, he's a badass. He's a badass, and with the aging, an aging uh, um, Drew, um, Drew Brees. What's his last name? Drew, yeah, with an aging Brees. Drew Brees, Brees, and yeah, Brees. With an aging Drew Brees, you better sign that guy up because sooner or later he's not going to be the quarterback there, and someone's going to have to pick up a slack with a new guy coming in, and he could be that guy. Yeah, exactly. So, um, did, did Clowney show up for for training camp or no? Do you know? I know at one point they were talking not that about I've him heard. not showing up at training camp. No, I, I, yeah, not that I've heard, Sonny. Okay, so so he's he's held out. That's a Quavo, That's a big holdout, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. y- yep, he is not there. I that I mean, and not only that, I think it, when I look at Clowney, I think he's got the most leverage out of all of them because guess what? You can't keep ninety nine healthy, Quavo, right? Uh, I mean, he's yeah, he's been on and off for the past couple of years. Man, so I think Clowney has – I think he's got the advantage right now. I mean, if you can't get, keep J.J. Watts there, who else are you going to have on that defense? You better lock this guy up. I, I think that could be a mistake for the, for the Houston Texans. And I, that, one, that one could really be a problem, especially if – listen, if I was Houston – J.J. Watts wouldn't even have a helmet on. He'd have a jersey and a pair of shorts that were too short for him to play to practice in. I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't let anybody touch this guy. Don't sneeze on him. Don't bump into him. Don't do anything. We can't afford for this guy. Don't let him stub his toe. Because that's that's what J.J. Watt is now, Cuervo. Remember back in the day when they had a running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars called Fragile Fred? Remember? Fred Taylor. Yeah. That's Yeah, I remember that, Fred Taylor. That's JJ Watts right now. Mhm. Yeah, mm. I mean it's 
I'm, well, I mean, I think J.J. Watt was a lot more talented at what he does than Fred Taylor. But I get what you're saying, though. I mean, yeah, Fred Taylor was a pro bowler every year and, and putting up big numbers and injuries is what kind of did his career in. And for J.J. Watt, I mean, yep. this guy that's won Defensive Player of the Year, what, twice? So, you know, on top of everything else that he does, um, you know, outside of football for the city of Houston and the NFL and all that stuff. And just all around right. awesome dude. You know, J.J. Watt's just an awesome dude, period. So, um, yeah, should be interesting. But, you know, so mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of news coming from from the training camps that are out there. And the the big the big things, you know, when you have the holdouts and the guys that you're talking about, you know, I you know I I know at one point I think Khalil Mack was thinking about sitting out, and I don't know if he is or not. Cuervo, Julio Jones, I think he's satisfied. I think they did something with him, so he's there. Um, but man, I don't think these guys really get it, and maybe it's because. I'm broken. I get it, <laughs> but when mm-hmm. you're not, you can't live a lifestyle without the money that you have normally rolling in, and you're a football player, and you, you know, I don't know, but I know Khalil Mack, and but that was with the Raiders. I think it was the big deal, and, and that's the reason why they let him go. So, but this year, I mean, the Cowboys could ill afford having too many problems going out on the football field. So, I, I think as we move more towards this that we'll see the effect of Ezekiel Elliott not being on the football field. But I will – listen, I'm not a Jerry Jones fan, by any, but out of all the people that would disrespect Jerry Jones, Ezekiel Elliott does not need to be one of them because that mm-hmm. would be – I'm going to tell you right now, that is a big slap to the face to Jerry Jones by holding out right now. After he stood behind you on everything, or not just one thing, not two things, three things, but everything. He stood behind this guy, and now this guy's got enough stones to, 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 to sit out. Are we serious? I mean, really, I, I got news for you. To me, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever when you got a – first of all, you got a franchise that is known – to stand by their man, right, Cuervo? They stand by their uh-huh. man, and and that's all they did for this guy. And we, hey, we're in a situation. Talk? Thanks, Joan. You're a little late. I pressed that about 20 seconds ago. But <laughs> you know, out of Always all the late. people that would do that, is this like is this me? That's a slap to, to Jerry Jones's face, I think. Hmm. Well, as far as uh, the way Zeke is, or what what exactly are you talking about? Yeah, Zeke. Guy's got a lot of stones, you know, holding out on Jerry Jones after he stood behind him on all his off-the-field nonsense. This is true. This is true. I just cannot believe it. If anybody needs to be bitch-slapped, it's Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, where is your respect? I mean, listen, Jerry Jones is a big jerk. Don't get me wrong. We all know this. But yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're Ezekiel Elliott and you, you got enough stones to set out on Jerry Jones after everything that he done to, for you, oh, man, that is a, mm-hmm. such a slight of disrespect. And listen, I don't know, I don't know Jerry Jones personally. I, I wish I did. I wish I'd get a yeah. hold up on what he's thinking about this because he's saying all the right things right now, which normally Jerry Jones don't do. 
Okay, he's known just to go off the wall and start talking out of the side of his mouth. Um, but right now he seems to be saying all the right things. But I'm wondering how close Ezekiel Elliott's not being a D- Dallas Cowboy, but maybe being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer or something. You know what I'm saying? It, it's how close. It, I, I'm just wondering how close this is. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I think both sides really are – you know, handling this thing just the way that it probably shouldn't be. The reason I say Jerry Jones is he's just got to be the bigger man, Sonny. I mean, as the owner, you got to be the bigger man, be the bigger uh, owner GM, and confront Zeke about what the hell he's thinking. You know what I mean? Like, that that's going to show I wonder, Zeke that. I wonder that, how much team, how many his teammates should be stepping in. I wonder because this is about money. It's not about team in reality. But at some point, you have to understand. I think it's a, it, it is a it is affecting the team. Obviously, for him not being there, right? So, how much? How long should it be before a teammate steps in? How much training camp do you think Ezekiel Elliott needs? And I, by the way, guys. I know he is good, but he needs every minute of training camp. He is not a seasoned veteran that you can. Ah, you know, you don't have to worry about Zeke. I no, you have I to think, worry about Zeke. Well, I th- I think it's honestly like I'm not saying you know the guy's out of shape, but I think from a conditioning standpoint, yeah, he definitely needs to be there. Because that guy could get on a Twinkie roll and he could be as big as me if he don't watch it. Like, I, I've never seen a guy go up and down with his weight so much. Ezekiel Elliott has a problem with that. And we've seen guys that have problems with it. But here's the thing. It doesn't even matter. The guy can run the, 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 guy can run the football. And so parts of me wants to know why the Dallas Cowboys are, are not doing it. But parts of me knowing the history of the Dallas Cowboys and how they treat wide uh, running backs, um, this doesn't completely surprise me at all. Yeah, I mean, after Emmett Smith, Sonny, I mean, the, the Cowboys have gotten, you know, burnt a few times with uh, running backs and stuff. Well, I'll tell you, they had a chance with a guy like a DeMarco Murray, and they refused to pay him as well. So, no, they I'm did wondering if that's the like, last one they paid. That's the last one they paid. And that, and, and since really DeMarco though. Murray, Cuervo? They they are saying no. Oh oh no, it wasn't DeMarco Murray. Beep, beep, beep. I'm get the guy I'm talking about. It wasn't DeMarco Murray because he left because he wouldn't pay him. You're right. I'm thinking the wrong guy. Go ahead, Cuervo. Yeah, he wound up going to the Eagles uh after you know, his contract was up and, and Dallas decided not was to the resign Eagles or the Tennessee Titans, Cuervo. No, he was an Eagle for one season. And then he went to Tennessee. Got it. Got it. I'm trying to think of who I'm thinking of. Because there was a player, and and it was what? Darren McFadden. uh, McFadden. Marion Barber? No, no, no. No, it wasn't. It was Marion Barber. That's what started this. Well, we'll get him out of college and wear him out and then just get rid of him. Marion Barber. That guy that changed the Dallas Cowboys thinking about running backs because obviously you think about the history Emmett Smith, Tony Dorsett, you know Calvin Hill, 
you know, these guys, you know, that made the name Herschel Walker, you know, th- those were the guys that, I don't know if there's any more, but those are the big ones coming out there. Hell, even Dan Reeves was a running back, if you remember who he is. He's, he used to be a coach of the Giants as well. So, you know, but uh, Ju- Julius Jones, was, but he wasn't great. So I, I, I probably shouldn't say that. But uh, some of those names that are just popping into my head. Um, but, you know, I don't know, Cuervo. They just, you know, you get that running back position, and we have seen uh, such a change in the running back position value just over the last five years. And, and the reason why it's so noticeable, if you remember not more than 10 years ago, Cuervo, who was the first, uh, what was the first position you were drafting in your fantasy league? Running back, baby. Running back. Yeah, running back. That was back in the days of Jamie you know, and Tomlinson the, and those oh, kind of guys. Oh yeah. Oh, when you if you got LT, oh you were you were set. You you were yep. set if and, you had LT. Yep. So yeah. So, so that, but you know that's what? Though, what honestly, um, I don't I don't know I don't know if you've been playing the past couple of years. I know I've I've invited you and and you know you were like, eh, I'm good. Don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know if you play games or anything like that, but uh, for me, if I have a top five pick in, in a fantasy league, I would still go running back. And the reason for that is because I know that I can go into the second round and get me a wide receiver that I want. Um, that's just my strategy. That's just my thought. Uh, I think if you could lock up one of the top, top tier running backs in the first round, uh, you go for it. You know, if you can get a Todd Gurley, if you can get Alvin Kamara, if you can get Le'Veon, well, I don't even think Le'Veon Bell is worth a top five pick anymore. But if you have an opportunity to get Saquon Barkley, actually, is the guy this year that a lot of people are looking at as as one of the top picks in, in fantasy football. Believe it or not, Sonny, uh, just I believe because it. of the fact that yeah, I mean, look, they, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is not there anymore. So who's going to be the yeah. number one who's gonna get the guy getting, getting mm-hmm. the football in, in uh Yeah, in Golden Tate off the first Barkley. four weeks if that happens. Yeah, so, you know, Saquon Barkley, Kamara, you know, uh, uh, Todd Gurley, those are the top guys. So if you have an opportunity yeah. to get one of those three guys, uh, you know, that's what you do. And then you go and you get your wide receiver next second round. So, if that happens this year for me, that's that's my plan. If not, then, you know, I'll go with best available, I guess. <laughs> yeah, know. something like that, that, right? That's my take. All right. Yeah, something like that. Sounds like a plan. Well, my man, I, believe it or not, I actually have a 345 conference call that I got to go in. So, that's oh, okay, so we're going to have no to problem. cut into it. Yeah, but bail uh, on out. Yeah, we got to bail on out, but that's okay. Um, but we, we got to – now – you're right. Thursday is when the uh, first preseason game kicks up, right, Cuervo? Is it Thursday? Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame game. Hall of Fame. Thursday. So check that out, and we'll be talking about that. I, You know, I don't know how much of the game I'll watch. I don't know. Uh, but we'll see what ends up happening because that, you know, obviously that kind of kicks off what's going on. First week of training camp is there. So let's do this. We'll check it out. We'll do it next Sunday here on that being said. 
we'll rewind. We'll take a look at the divisions again up until we might know. We'll probably take a week break because there's five weeks of the preseason and there's only four north, south, east, and west. So we'll recap those divisions and see if anything changes. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. You too, Sonny. Enjoy your week, and uh, we'll talk again. We'll do it again next Sunday. Definitely. Next Sunday, 12 to 3, here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, we're out of here, everybody. Bye-bye.